What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode 176 of Smack Talk, presented by SmartOutMoment.com. I'm Tony Mango, your host of the panel for this evening, and joining me on the mic, we've got the usual crew here, Drew White. Who's also the leader of the Drew Crew, uh, may I add. Two crews here. Crazy. Uh, no. The Two Crew Crew. <laughs> Steven Wago. We've done 170 plus of these. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you haven't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that actually makes me feel better about myself, thank you. <laughs> when you get to 176 of Wago Rants, then you'll have no excuse. <laughs> you also heard him a second ago, Mike Payton. I have no idea how many of these I've been here for. Too many of them, though. Holy crap. I'm getting old. There's going to be uh, too, a, many... too many podcasts. And uh, too many episodes convention. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's the two crew because he came in second place, and I'm first. So oh! you drew... That's a spoiler alert if I've ever heard one. <sighs> spoiler alert. We also have Sean Walker here. What's up, Sean? That's Speaking not a spoiler spoilers, <laughs> Seth Rollins is the WWE champion, motherfuckers. Oh, oh fucking hell, he won the WWE championship. I fucking right. He didn't even fucking start the beginning of the match. He took his title. Fuck it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking A, and I'm the leader of the Sean crew. What? Who what? came in last place? <laughs> We are going to be reviewing everything that happened at WrestleMania for our main event. We've got the hot tags coming up in part two, rest hold in part three, Fantasy League recap because the Fantasy League is over at the end of the show. And we are in part one right now, which means we're going to kick off the way we always do with the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. Ask Him. Last week's question to the panel was what name did Kevin Nash use when he was partnered up with Black Snow on the TNA Impact commentary team? That was Chet Lemon. (laughs) Just goes to show you how stupid TNA is. But keeping with the theme of different names that Kevin Nash has used with that whole Diesel thing in the Hall of Fame, the other question to the audience was, name the three members of the Master Blasters team that Kevin Nash was a part of in WCW. Answer was Master Blaster Steel was Kevin Nash, and the other two were Master Blaster Iron and Master Blaster Blade. So, let's see who got it right, who got it wrong. Mike McCormick says, I'm not really sure, so I'm going to say thank you, Tony. This was a very fair question, and not really confusing or fucky in any way. I hope nothing (laughs) bad happens to you or your arse, although fuck Lanny Poffo. That's probably my best fuck anything that we've gotten out of the yes Kims in a while. Thank That's you. That's actually the nicest response you've got. <laughs> yes, it has. And I love, I love that use of the word fucky. Yeah, or fucky also, in any way. But also he's, still. And he's also specifically mentioning he doesn't want anything to happen to my ass. That's but nice. also remember, fuck Lanny Poffo. Yes. That, that's the uh, the cherry on top. Fuck Lanny es- Poffo. Especially after that induction speech, though. <laughs> Jamie O'Halloran says Steel, Iron, and Blade. Jamie O'Halloran is correct. Watchman King, Steel, Iron, Blade. That is correct as well. Morris Supremo says, I will not even try. I don't know what is worse, a Tony question or a Mango question for the Chet Lemon one, but how cares both are awful and Tony next time do a real question, not bullshit questions. No, fuck you. I'm going to keep doing bullshit questions. Uh, Silent of Doom says, no clue. I'm either going to go with Master Blaster Stevie, Master Blaster Wonder, and Master Blaster Jammin', or Master Blaster Blade, Master Blaster Laser, and Master Blaster Blazer. (laughs) Since this isn't a Tony question, Tony's okay. Mango, though. Mango, I hope you get whatever disease Butch has that makes him look 20 years older than Luke. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> it's true, though. He looked fucking terrible. 
Holy shit. Terrible. Uh, he also says, Lanny Poffa was actually pretty funny at the Hall of Fame, so I'll give him a reprieve this week. Hang on, Silent Wind of Doom said that? Mm-hmm. Alright, so, so, I'm officially taking like the enthusiasm even further down in your name. Now you're just Silent Wind of Doom. Samuel Shaw saying <laughs> Yeah, you're getting Samuel Shaw treatment. <laughs> Can't believe we used to think you were cool. Ugh. <laughs> Lastly, Johnny Castaway says, I have no fucking clue, so I'm going to say fuck Tony Mango, and I hope you run into a Tensai on your way to work tomorrow. What work? (laughs) (laughs) And when you are in the hospital, Lanny Poffa will be your doctor saying, it was me, Mango, it was me all along. No, that's way too far. I don't want Lanny Poffa to be my fucking doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll walk you to Tensai, but I don't want Lanny Poffa doctor. (laughs) Dr. Poffo. (laughs) So, the question uh, this week... To the panel, name the question. Uh, name, name the question. Name, name the, the question, question for this one. Oh, I get to name the question. I'm gonna get this one right. <laughs> name the superstar who wrestled in two WWE World Heavyweight Championship matches in both back-to-back WrestleMania events. Triple H. Undertaker. John Cena. Nope. Shawn Michaels. Nope. Randy so it's not the Undertaker. Nope. It's Edge. In back-to-back WrestleMania events, they wrestled in two. World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, John Cena and The Rock. No. There's one. No, there's one. They only wrestled in one. Wait. So wait. Oh, I get what you mean. The same match happened, and it had a title in each time. Rock and Austin. No, they they went back to back. Back to back. Oh, Yokozuna and Bret Hart. Yokozuna, WrestleMania Nine, WrestleMania Ten. She said World Heavyweight Champion. I thought you meant like the actual World Heavyweight Championship. So fuck. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship, that lineage of the WWE title. Yokozuna wrestled Bret Hart and uh, Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 9. and WrestleMania 10, Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Only person to ever do that, so that's very interesting. Multiple people have wrestled, you know, for the championship in back-to-back years or wrestled in multiple different matches at WrestleMania, different stuff like that, but Yoko, distinct honor there. Is that I a question? I agree with that one guy. You should get run over by a 10 side. Not quite fucking tough. <laughs> Uh-uh. So, question to the audience. Name the superstar who has had the most amount of ring time at a single WrestleMania other than Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. Stone Cold. This is to the audience, but that's not right either. So, <laughs> if you guys think you know the answer or you just want to take a flat-out guess, leave a comment below or send a tweet at SmartCoutMoment with the hashtag AskHim. And on the next episode, we'll tell you what the answer is and read off everything that you guys say. And we are going to continue along here... Hot Tags coming up in part two. Stay tuned. Smack Talk will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We are on part two. It's time to get into the Hot Tags of the week. I was so waiting for somebody to be like, Hot Tags! There is a hot tag. Let's see here. Number one. CJ Parker has been released from NXT. He requested his release. WWE granted it. What do you guys think? Was he destined to be a job or he could have been uh, something better? I'm going to put it into this perspective. All right, CJ, we've got this new guy called Kevin Owens uh, coming in. We really want to put him over, so just sell for him and just, like, do one move. Can you do that, CJ? I sure can. Oops, I split my hand and broke his nose. Yeah, there's a reason he's gone. He's fucking awful. Well, the reports all say he requested his release, not that he was outright fired. No, he was fired. Fuck him. So that's something to take into account. I mean, I would assume that this is a situation where he saw that he had no upward mobility in the company and he just figured, fuck it. So what, does he think he's going to go somewhere else and find something to do with his life? 
Maybe he figures that if he goes to a place like TNA, he'll win some kind of a championship at some point. (sighs) No, he'll win the pink slip. Here's the thing. If you do, some people do that. They go to another company and they find themselves, and then WWE sees them in a new light. Doesn't happen often, but it's worth a shot if he doesn't think anything's going for him. What I don't get about that situation, though, is obviously we don't know exactly what they get paid, but I would assume being on NXT would be better than being in TNA, even if you are some kind of a champion or something, because it's like, yeah, they don't have many championships to win in NXT. You got the NXT title, the tag title, and the women's title. Obviously, he's not going to win the women's title, but... There's no mid-card title that he can win, and he's not... You doubt the ridiculousness of TNA, Tony. No, in NXT. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, in uh, TNA, anything can fucking happen. They'll (laughs) they'll win the the women's championship, and they'll they'll retitle it the Global Women's Championship or some (laughs) bullshit like that. Here's the thing with uh, CJ Parker. The reason they won't let him win the uh, women's title in NXT and WWE is not because of the gender. It's because it's too prestigious for him. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I thought the European Championship would be good on NXT. Give the little guys something to aim for. I don't think you need another title on NXT. I think Makes sense since they've. I don't think they've ever been to Europe. I mean, we could do it just to piss Tony off because of how much he doesn't like the belt. But other than that, <laughs> just like, dude, he's, uh, fucking NXT sucks right now. They got the European title. I hate him. Fuck that title. But no, like, uh, if CJ Parker is never going to win the NXT Championship, and he might not even be called up to the main roster, and even if he does get called up to the main roster, he's clearly not going to be some valued member. He's going to be a jobber. Maybe he just kind of figured, fuck it, I don't want to deal with this anymore, I'm going to go do the indies and try to seem like a big, important guy there. And maybe it's an ego thing. Sure. Yep, well, sure, the whatever. Eco- the, a, a big ecosystem. <laughs> it's an eco thing? Uh, I, <laughs> I see what you do there, Drew. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Kill Drew for that one, he made that Tony joke, not me. Uh, you guys gonna miss CJ Parker in any way? You think that there's somebody who can fill his spot in like, NXT as the jobber? I like the who? gimmick that he did, but he fucked up essentially by that kick that busted open Kevin Owens. Do you guys think it'd be the the resident jobber then? Uh, that's gonna be what's his name, Tyler Breeze. No, no, he's better than that. No, Tyler Breeze is gonna be a big deal once all these other guys get their graduation. He's gonna be a guy that struggles but gets to the top. Mm-hmm. I think Tyler Breeze is going to be one of those guys that stays in NXT quite a long time, but that's because he ends up being the face of NXT for like a two-year period. Because mm-hmm. they're clearly going to bring up uh, Hideo Itami, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn before they will Tyler Breeze. Unless they bring him up and they just kind of you know push him off to the side like Bo Dallas or something. But they still got Alex Riley. They still got bloody... Oh, Alex Riley. Brian uh- Kendrick. That's, that's definitely someone that'll be a jobber is Alex Riley. He's already shown signs of that. Well, to be fair, he doesn't wear fucking tights that th- uh, fit. I wouldn't uh, push him either. You know who I could see, unfortunately, getting the jobber spot? Hmm. Simon Gotch. No. I like the villains, but they've kind of tapered off. I can see Simon Gotch being that guy that they're like, look, can you just like lose for a couple months while we figure something out? Eh. I think we'll just see some new people come up and be jobbers for a little while. They got enough people that aren't on TV yet that they can have fill that spot. 
Shame it's not Blake and Murky. Yeah, especially because they don't have a guy named Murky. Murky? <laughs> yeah. Did I say Murphy wrong? No, I'm pretty sure you said attractive. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You could have a stable. Blake and Murphy and Murky. <laughs> From the swamps. <laughs> Murky. <laughs> Holy shit, WWE. Did we just make a fucking character that would probably get over in NXT from a goddamn flub? If that happens, then you need to put more effort into some of these people. Uh, any other thoughts on CJ Parker before we move on to the next hot tag? You know, Murky probably would have been a good opponent for CJ Parker. He would have kicked his ass. <laughs> yeah, Murky would fuck him up. Anyone can fuck CJ Parker up. Uh, what would Murky's finisher be? Oh, God. Um, orders. No, I feel like it has to have like something with like um, like swamp in the title, like uh. Oh, May Young's vagina. <laughs> the swamp thwomp. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And can they? Do you remember back when they edited WCW shows for morning television, and instead of like freezing before a weapon shot, they'd have like slam, whack. They could Sl- do that. They could have for WWE just thwomp. What, like the old Batman? Yeah, they actually did that, at least in the England. In England, when they aired, um, say they aired Nitro, but they it was a morning slot that they just wanted to air it on, that's what they do in England. I don't think they ever did that here. I don't that remember it ever seeing that, but it sounds yeah. amazing to me. It sounds <laughs> fucking horrendous. It you didn't sounds know so stupid, but it sounds like it'd be funny as fuck to watch. Like, at the time, I remember going, oh, this is so lame. It's part of the reason I didn't get into WCW. Um... But I could look back at it now and probably giggle my tits off. It was like the old Adam West Batman thing with like Pow yeah, and didn't, Zam. They and... didn't actually make the sound effect, but that's what appeared on the screen. Boom! Boom! WCW! I could see them doing that kind of shit. They well, were the more you know. <laughs> so, uh, WWE has announced a whole bunch of new shows that are going to be coming to the WWE Network in the next couple of months and stuff. They haven't really said exactly when they're going to be debuting, but I'm assuming that they're just going to roll them out. Uh, they have Camp WWE, an animated series that they specifically mentioned is TVMA. That is confusing to me. All the PG stuff that they're doing, and they want to do an animated show that's for adult audiences. Not even like just a live action show. They want to have a cartoon that would appeal to kids, not for kids. It's going to be run by Seth Green and a lot of people in his team. So I guess it's going to be kind of like Cartoon Network- in a way? Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about this? Is this a show that you're interested in watching? I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff, so I'll give it a shot, but, um, yeah, it doesn't scream sure. like, I gotta watch this. I'm I'll gonna it check it out, but I don't know if I'll like it or not, but I'm open to anything that Seth Green does, and it doesn't surprise me that they're taking this route. Often, based on meetings that they've had and press conferences, they do acknowledge that they lost a portion of their audience, and that tends to be the older crowd back when they jumped ship after the Attitude Era. So they need to try and do things to get them back. I don't think this is it, but I'm glad they're making an effort to appeal to that age group. I don't even know if it's necessarily that they were going out of their way to appeal to that age group. I think they just had an opportunity to create some content on the network with Seth Green. And he was like, uh, listen, you know, my style isn't necessarily for little kids. 
And they're like, oh, you know, it's our network. We can do what we want. We just got to make sure we put the do, 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 do with the right letters. That's good. I'll be giving it a shot. Mainly, I'm, a, I'm more of an advocate to some of the stuff they put on the network. But just just because they mentioned that it was TVMA, I really think it's if they, if it is that, I have a bad feeling it might be really raunchy, dumb stuff that like would just be done regardless. So... That worries me a bit, but otherwise I'll give it a chance. You mean like uh, raunchy for the sake of raunchy? Raunchy for this, raunchy in a way that that's the whole point of it. Like when they did the Rin and adult show, that kind of raunchy. It's not really Seth Green's style. Seth Green does a good job with it. Well, wait, it's not his style? <laughs> no, that's not his style to do that. He doesn't do like raunchy for raunchy. Yeah, Some, but, yeah sometimes but, he does in like robot chicken and stuff, but no, he does more like he does more than that. But remember, there's someone he has to answer to, and that man, regardless, is Vince, and Vince comes across as a guy who loves that kind of stuff, so... You really think Vince is going to be watching each one of these little shows? Vince doesn't even watch NXT, apparently. Yeah, no. I, I think that's going to be more like a George Berrios type thing. Okay. It depends. Uh, if it's got a bunch of fart humor in it, then Vince writ it. <laughs> <laughs> the IGN article that I'm reading right now has descriptions for everything, and it actually does list when they're supposed to be coming out. This is late 2015, and the uh, description says, A new animated short-form comedy series entitled Camp WWE. Imagine WWE superstars and divas when they were kids at their favorite summer camp, which happens to be run by none other than Mr. McMahon. Add, <laughs> add in shock value, slapstick humor, ugh, and social satire, and you have WWE's first adult comedy, which will debut later this year. We're insanely excited about this collaboration, said producer Seth Green. WWE is one of the most heartfelt and professional organizations I've worked with. We're beyond happy to help them realize this vision. You know, this sounds kind of like that South Park episode where they go to the summer camp. A little bit. It also kind of sounds like a camp-esque version of Slam City. Slam City, Slam, Slam City. Yeah, haven't they already done something? Well, they did the Slam City thing. You know what they need to do is actually air that fucking animated show that they made and then got rid of. Cheap Pop? Yeah, that was fucking Mm -hmm. sweet. That was funny. Like, that was the first time they'd done comedy, and it was legitimately funny in, like, a long time, and then that goes away. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, man, the response for this is amazing on the internet. We gotta get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some of those writers can get on board or something, I don't know. Sean, what do you think about this? Is this a Camp WWE thing, something you're going to check out? I didn't check out Slam City, so probably not. But I'll I'll give one episode a go, considering I got the network nowadays. But other than that, meh. Oh, Canel, you got the network? It's had yeah, the network. Got, I've had the network for ages. Yeah, Drew. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you, Drew. Fuck <laughs> oh, hell, Drew. There is WWE Swerved coming out in May. WWE teams up with the director of Jackass and bed grandpa Jeff Tremaine to give you the hilarious original series Swerved. It's a half-hour series. Uh, I'm excited to combine my brand of entertainment with the world of WWE. It will be the ultimate mashup. So they haven't really said exactly too much about what's going on there. But if it's Jackass and bad grandpa, it's got to be something along the lines of, like, stupid stunts and stuff, which that seems like they should have just called that WWE Don't Try This at Home. (laughs) Here's the thing, they could actually make stars out of some of the younger talent, like the, not the younger talent, like the lower card talent with this type of show. Yes, CJ. Uh-huh. <laughs> could have well, swerved. All I know is, out of all these shows, I'm not hearing Steve Blackman, Bounty Hunter, so fuck this thing. This. 
Anybody excited for Swerved? Whatever it would be. Sounds kind of think... like sounds like pranked, but I'll probably just be like Ryback doing it instead of Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yo, oh, I would yo, love us. that. Hey, yo, Ooze, yo, Ooze, come here. Check out this toilet. That squirts water in your face. <laughs> no, I can, I can see Ryback going up there and being like, "Yo, yo, Ooze, Ooze, Jimmy." He calls everyone. And he's like, uh, "I'm Jay. I got you, Jay." <laughs> hey, hey, Truth. Hey, you got some mustard on your shirt. I made you look. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> he does the little thing where you, you run your finger up his nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I would fucking love this I show. I would watch that. <laughs> I would subscribe to that uh, so fucking fast if this was a show of Ryback doing these stupid ass fucking pranks. If it represents anything like Jackass, it's gonna suck because Jackass stopped being funny back in like early 2000s. Yeah, if it's like fucking... Team uh, Jackass. If it's Sami Zayn jumping in front of traffic, it's not going to be a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'll watch it. So let's, let's he, can't, he can't jump in front of traffic, but he can jump in front of a running tensai. I got it. Laddie Puffo standing in the way of semi-trucks and not moving. Huh. Watch it. See? We've got Jerry Springer presents WWE Too Hot for TV. Oh. Uh, it says... I'm going to watch it. The series will reintroduce the WWE universe to the most outrageous stunts and cringe-inducing moments in TV history, mm. chock full of insane situations and racy romps from WWE's past that will have members of the WWE universe asking, did they really do this? Springer will inject his own brand of humor into each episode with themes such as love hurts, all in the family, and weddings and funerals. Springer's so this is another recap thing. At least they're adding stuff to the network. Yeah. Are they going to bring up Katie Vick? <laughs> See, now, if they really wanted to make this, like, too hot for TV, they would start the first episode off with uh, the cat showing her tits. You know they're not going to do that. That's apparently coming out in April. We've got Live with Chris Jericho, his podcast. That's what that is. No, that's what it's called, Live with Chris Jericho, his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the Chris Jericho podcast supposed to be shit? No, it's not that bad. He's boring. I listened to one episode of it, and it was one half of a two-parter, and I didn't even bother listening to this. The one episode, I, I've listened to a couple. The one he did with Ryback was pretty good. At least the when, interview with him in particular. Here's the thing. When he has a good show, he has a really good show. But when it sucks, it fucking sucks. I feel like it there's, sucks. There's no, there's no real middle ground. It's either good or bad. I feel like it's only good for wrestling fans is when he's talking wrestling-related stuff. Since, you know, he's a... Half rockstar, he doesn't dabble in it. He is a rockstar. Whenever he has like musical guests on, I feel like it wouldn't be as interesting to listen to, at least. Yeah, it kind of depends. And if they're going for more of like the Austin podcast with Triple H and Sean, not Sean Michaels, uh, Vince McMahon, they're going to be doing that one with John Cena. This is supposed to be the first episode of that. So, I guess depending on how the one with Cena goes, that'll be our indication of what this is going to be. Why they just let Austin do it? Austin was doing a good job. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to. Austin wanted more money or something. Yeah. I think he's doing his show still, you know, redneck, twat face, whatever it's called. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Isn't he doing that, like, competition show now? They might be recording for it. Rogan's Cold something? I don't know. There is uh, Unfiltered with Renee Young. Renee Young interviews WWE superstars and other pop culture celebrities covering just about everything except for... Except what they're famous for. Hmm. Huh. 
So ooh, uh, I thought that filter, I thought it was like, oh man, it's gonna get raunchy. Yeah. She's gonna talk about her turn-ons and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down for that show. But it says, uh, this short form series, her guests include Wiz Khalifa, uh, uh, Skylar uh, Gray, uh, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. Bang him as well. Not Roman Reigns. <laughs> Seth Rollins. Um, He's a WWE you know what I'm saying? I think um, that's going to be another situation where it's like, oh, Renee's going to do uh, an interview with Wiz Khalifa. Guess I'm not watching that this week. I'll give it a shot. Mainly, I mean... You're ta- they're talking about stuff other than what they do, but for Wiz Khalifa, uh, that means you don't talk about rapping, smoking weed, and that stuff. So that might be interesting. No, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's j- just going to talk about smoking weed. Probably. You know, they're going to be like, tell us a little bit about your backstory. Where do you come from? Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, people know me for my awesome rap career uh, and uh, my groundbreaking about? musical styles, but they may not know that. I really like weed. <laughs> Remember that one time I dated that bald chick? Yeah, she had my baby. See, what people don't know is my name is actually inspired from Ren and Stimpy. Don't whiz <laughs> on the electric fence. I was going to go with don't whiz on Khalifa. Why did that look after the anal bleed my ears? Because that's what WWE wanted. The fuck? Why do you shit into your ears? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we got to book the show. So I'm thinking, uh, you're not Sean Walker kid. Anal bleed out his ears? Sounds like a plan, Vince. <laughs> There's also Culture Shock with Corey Graves. He reveals a variety of unique venues, customs, music, food, and people as WWE tours, tour travels the world. That sounds uh, awesome. He goes What's to a tattoo shop in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. He examines local culture with his unique perspective and style. Yeah. You know, maybe. That sounds pretty good. Sounds kind of like um, there's a show on Netflix I love called Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain where he goes over to all these random parts of the world and eats checks out shit. the culture and eats random food and curses and does drugs. <laughs> so yeah. I guess we see what, what Corey Gray's going to do. That was a good show, Man vs. Food. No, I did like Man vs. Food. That guy's all skinny too now. It's weird. Mm. Uh, there's WWE The List. So, oh god, it's like yeah. a list countdown. It sounds like it's countdown, yeah. It says, uh, WWE The List is the best, the worst, the most bizarre and interesting of everything and anything in WWE. If it's amazing, outrageous, sexy, or just plain fun, it's made the list. So it's another uh, countdown. Yeah, why? I don't know. Uh, lastly, there is the Diva Search, which we should all know from the competition that they've done before. I think that's a really good idea, actually. They want to try to get more Diva stuff out there. Total Divas is something that's on the E! Network, so they can't just bring that over. Why not do Diva Search? And if they get a couple good Divas out of it, go for it. You know, they could have gotten Tyron got and stuff. one good Diva out of it, and it was named Christy Hemming, and she left. No, Tyron was pretty good, I think. Yeah. She was underrated. Yeah, Layla you would think. Well, this was in Diva Search. Was 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 awesome. Didn't Melina come from Diva Search? No, Melina yeah. was just no, a valley, I thought. Melina was that bump. I thought she was just one of Batista's used condoms that they decided to use. Plus, you got to remember, some of these divas that came that actually did something halfway decent weren't necessarily the best wrestlers, but you had, like, you know, you're a big fan... Yeah, you're a big fan of Maria, Wego, and she did great, like, backstage stuff when she was playing that ditzy character. You can have... of her tits. (laughs) You can have a diva search where you have somebody win, they get a spot on the roster, and maybe they end up being, like, a really good backstage interviewer, or... Hell, maybe they end up being a good commentator or 
just some really hot chick. <laughs> I want an Asian chick. I'm, you know. Well, thank you, with all these other divas. I just want an Asian. Another Lena Yada. Yeah. Where? Who was that other one? Gal Kim was all right. Gal's great. Yeah. Um, there was another one that started with an S though. George Giovanni. Yeah, that starts with an S. <laughs> oh, what was it, Jim? <laughs> oh, the... good old Sir George. <laughs> Uh, she was back in, like, the ECW range. WWE ECW, I mean. Savannah. Savannah yeah. was her name. Yeah, that was the other uh, Asian girl from the Diva Search. But Didn't she, like, announce? She did something like that, yeah. She was, like, um, the in-ring announcer or something for a little bit, or the backstage interviewer. And she didn't really amount to all that much, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. And if they do the Diva Search through this, then maybe that'll convince them to do Tough Enough. Then they do tough it up and they bombed like Stone Cold Steve Austin and all them. Yeah, but not on the network. Now they'll have the performance center. They'll make it a lot more like uh, cost effective to do. And it won't be the same without Bill DeMott. Yeah, he was the star of that show, you know. That's true. Yeah, I was all, it was Arsenal. I was still the only reason I watched it. They could have some pretty decent people come in to do that, though. I, I would love to see a tough enough thing. I'm surprised they didn't announce that here. Remember that one time Bill DeMott was a dick to Cameron's boyfriend on uh, Total Divas. I do. Yeah, that was great. That one time? He's probably yeah. constantly. <laughs> like Before they start recording. No, he phones he... him up to be a dick to him still. <laughs> no, like, like, hey, Vincent. <laughs> fuck you. God, the fact that you remember his name is terrible. Uh, hey, Vincent. Why? Fuck you. Didn't they fire you? Shut up. Yeah, they did. But they didn't take my cell phone. Back at the <laughs> I could see him being that type of person. Terrible guy. So Eve um, was the last one, yeah? What was what? Eve search. Eve. Yeah, Eve was the last one. Oh, and I was didn't. not rooting for her. I was rooting was for Tara in that, that season. And uh, that other girl. Who was a really cute uh, yeah, blonde okay. girl? The, the fit one. The fit little one. The, okay. Yeah, the, the tiny one that lost There's to Eve. Brooke something. Brooke, um... Yeah, it was Brooke. I can't remember her name, though. She was super cute. Because people said the reason she didn't win it is because she had Brooke and they already had Brooke on the roster and they didn't want to change her name. Hmm. So that's why Eve won. They fixed the vote. Still, Eve was pretty hot. And she turned out to be very good for WWE. There so, you go. Diva Search they- could be a pretty decent thing. That's coming out in the fall. And uh, I'm assuming that they're going to add some other shows, but this is what they just wanted to announce right after WrestleMania. Kind of get that new season started, and looks like the first one that we're going to be getting is the Too Hot for TV one, or the, well, technically the Chris Jericho one, because it's next week. How old is Jerry Springer? Isn't he dead? He's like in his 60s now. Fucking old. He's pretty old. He might even be in his 70s. I love how like, like, they mentioned that Jerry Springer will be his humor. He has no humor at all when it comes to his show. Everything else makes his show. Jerry Springer is 71. Holy shit. What, what, what do they do? Put him in a fridge and then when he's needed, they just... <laughs> he's like the Winter Soldier. Now, oh, now. God. Ew, that reminds me. If Jerry Springer is going to host it, that just means the Bellas are going to be on it. And they're going to just show, I hope you die in the womb. <laughs> They might not be on the uh, active roster anymore. They'll also give them something to do. You never know. Bell Twins. Why? Oh, a lot of rumors going around that they might be leaving. Yeah, Again? They, probably, they, won't, they 
I want more money because um the, the face of the Total Diva show. Total Diva fucking sucks. Who cares? E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> e Network does. Oh, no, I think Biggie. Yeah, Biggie cares. No, E Network would be fine if they didn't have a show. <laughs> what if that was the case though? It's like Vince Big McMahon, e. Triple H, Stephanie are all in this room with the Bella Twins, and they're like, I don't know if we really want to sign to another deer uh, deal. Deer, and, <laughs> another deer, and then Big E's outside the fucking door, banging on it. No, you gotta sign. <laughs> no, no, Big E only cares for that one time that Paige played with his boobs. She's not one of the Bella Twins. Isn't she supposed to be in a movie or some shit? Yeah, there's some new movie that they announced. It's her and The Miz. The Miz is going to be the second in command to Santa Claus, and Paige is going to be an elf that thinks that she should get the job instead. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) The Miz thinks he's second in charge, but Paige wants it all. But along comes a little elf named Paige. (laughs) Hey! That's my spot. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to see that a little elf has a lot of fire behind her. (laughs) I I was thinking the Rob Schneider thing. Paige is an elf. (laughs) And remember, she screams really loud. See, Ah! the biggest problem with this movie is not that the Miz and Paige are going to be in it or the story. It's that Murky isn't in it. (laughs) How do you know? The North Pole is known for its snow, but things turn south when it gets murky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, right at WWE. Murky. There you go, new Hall of Famer. Alright guys, that's going to do us in for the hot tags. <laughs> We're going to take a break with the rest hold, and we're going to come back and start talking about WrestleMania, so stay tuned, everyone. It's time for a little bit of a commercial break with the rest hold. This is our section of the show where we promote everything going on this week for Smart Out Moment, the brand itself, the channel, a mango tree, and anything else going on that we want you to be aware of, including the outside interference articles. Now, I haven't written anything yet for e-wrestling news, but that might change, so stay tuned for more information on that. But there are three articles for Bleacher Report, two of them my usual biggest highlights and low points and biggest stars of the night for WrestleMania 31 that I did immediately after the show, and another one is just a general one about Daniel Bryan's Intercontinental title reign being fucking awesome for 2015, essentially. If you are interested in reading those articles, then you can find them on BleacherReport.com. Go to my profile and you'll see those. You can find them on the Facebook and Twitter accounts for Tony Mango and Smart Out Moment. You can find them on the YouTube description down below if you're watching it there. Or you can just go to the homepage of SmartOutMoment.com and underneath the Outside Interference section, you will find these three links as well as the other more recent ones. The Smart My Words comment of the week from the past episode of Smack Talk goes to Awesome Piano Man. For his comment, I just wanted to stop by and be nominated for Smart My Words Comment of the Week. There you go. That's how simple it is. You leave a comment, who knows, you might end up winning. <laughs> Thank you, Awesome Piano Man, for sending that in. Thank you to everybody else who left comments as well and who participated in all the other different avenues that we have for you to tell us to smart your words. Make sure you guys do that each and every week. You guys know the score. One of those other avenues is Mega Maniacs on Facebook. You can find that by going to facebook.com slash group slash the Mega Maniacs. That's where we goof off throughout the week. So if you're on Facebook, then you should be on Mega Maniacs. 
the next edition of the monthly mailbags coming up on episode 178 so only two weeks left to send in all of your questions if you want to pick our brains about any subject doesn't have to be wrestling related can be anything just fill up the inbox by going to the contact form of the website and once you shoot us that email we will answer anything that you send our way then there's also the sign me up initiative if you're unaware of what that is then if you bring a sign that says smart out moment to any kind of a wrestling event that you attend in the near future send a picture or a video of yourself to me and i'll give you a spotlight on the website and on smack talk if you're interested in throwing some spare change our way to help fund smart out moment and smack talk and all the other kind of things that we do here then you can do that in three different ways. First, you can do that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. You can go to the PayPal donation button at the bottom of smartoutmoment.com, or you can just go to the fan funding module on YouTube, because this is one of those channels. If you enjoy what we say on these shows, but you want to hear our opinions about some of the other nerdy things that we're fond of outside of wrestling, then you can head over to my other website, fanboysanonymous.com, for all of our geek culture opinions. Follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash fanboysanonymous. The other podcast that we got going on under A Mango Tree, though, where we just let all hell break loose and anything that happens, happens is the all talk show and we do that one live but we do that kind of randomly so if you want to listen live on megapowersradio.com you need to know in advance when we're going to do that and the only way that you will be able to find out about that is by subscribing to the facebook page facebook.com slash all talk show and twitter.com slash the all talk show but if you can't get a chance to listen live to that you can find it archived on itunes stitcher and of course youtube.com slash all talk show Lastly, if you guys are interested in joining the Smart Out Moment team in some kind of a way as a writer, editor, or something else for that matter, send in your application using the contact form of the website, and I will get back to you with more information as soon as I can. I know what you guys are here for, WrestleMania review. That's coming up. Stay tuned, and we will be right back. Welcome to the WrestleMania review, everybody. We're going to go through every single match that happened. Uh, spoiler alert, or I guess just notification, because it's not really a spoiler, but we aren't going to have a whole big conversation about the Rock and Ronda Rousey thing and stuff, because that's its own thing and whatever. But um, uh, before we get into the pre-show stuff, why don't we just throw a little bit out there about that? What did you guys think about the Ronda Rousey and the Rock segment? I'll, I'll go first, like then, I guess. Yeah, all, all that much, everybody. <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed it, but the thing that I thought about that segment was it, it was a bit too long-winded. I get it that they were like trying to waste time and shit, but that took up like a match on a pre on the pre-show. I would much rather saw the tag match than that segment. That segment could have been on the Raw afterwards. But I guess why? Uh, but you know, I guess Stephanie had to have a WrestleMania moment, and it was nice to see Ronda Rousey in a WWE ring. So I will, it is what it is. I will say one thing: I'm fine with it as long as it leads to something. Like it's, it looks like it's leading to The Rock and Triple H in the future, which you know that's good. I thought this segment was good. Um, just I don't know. 
Rondo is good. The Rock fucking sucks now when it comes to cutting promos. I want the Rock of old, not this like watered down version of the Rock. That's the only issue I have with it. Stephanie's been on her fucking game recently too. When when it comes to anything, whether it's shouting, crying, yelling, like she has just been on her game recently. Rana, fuck, if she somehow is able to wrestle, that would be fucking awesome just for, like, one match. I'll deal with it. So, yeah, the segment was good. Whether, like Sean said, whether it, was, it needed to be on Mania or not, eh, depends. But at the same time, it was still a great moment to have on a show. I would like to see a mixed tag match. But here's the thing. Will we get it? That is... Like I don't know if uh, UFC will would allow her to cut some type of deal with WWE to do one match. Ronda Maybe. Rousey can get whatever she wants in this world because she has Dana White wrapped around her little finger. Dana White's pretty much got a fucking skull, like like a skull crush on her. It's fucking. I say school girl crush. Yeah, it was, and then it's kind of weird because Dana's bold and macho. But here's um, the thing: if, the only thing I want to mention about this was if Rousey was somehow able wrestle one match, how much do you think it would cost WWE to get her? Do you think it would be Brock Lesnar levels? Or no. Brock levels? No, she, no. she's a she's big a fan. fan. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. a big fan, but she's also a businesswoman. She'd probably do it for free, just for the publicity. I don't think she'd do it for free. but I bet she would. She's a fucking, like, when when should we say she's a fan? She's a fucking super fan. Mm-hmm. She almost had a fit when Seth Rollins turned on um, The Shield. Like, this video clip is about. She's a genuine fan. It's awesome. I could see her having done this thing at WrestleMania for free. But wrestling, I don't know about that. That would be a different story. There are rumors, though, that what they might go with uh, for a different direction instead of having her wrestle in some kind of, like, mixed tag match or even just a one-on-one would be uh, Rock and Triple H wrestling each other, Stephanie and Ronda Rousey in their corner that I could see more likely. It's like yeah. this. Yeah. We all, we all know wrestling, you know, they, they even know stuff. A lot of stuff they do is unrealistic. Like, you know, Brock versus CM Punk. That was a completely unrealistic match. I really, really don't think you'd be able to make a believable five minute match out of Ronda Rousey and fucking, I don't know, Stephanie. If Ronda, <laughs> If, hey, if, if Ronda was a wrestling guy, or you mean uh, Brie? Yeah, but that's it's Brie. more to do with the fact that Ronda Rousey beats talented women that are trained to kill people in 14 seconds. Yeah. The only uh, issue, but... if the only thing I'd mention if you were to have Rousey wrestle, if she was able to like go with the China role and wrestle just like someone of the authority, or like Seth Rollins or something like that, I'd be down with it. There's an easy story to tell for a mixed tag, though. You have Rock and Triple H doing most of the wrestling, and Stephanie makes a point of trying to constantly avoid Ronda Rousey during the whole match, because Ronda, for weeks and weeks, has been saying, I'm going to fuck you up. And then somehow they spill to the outside, Stephanie's looking onwards and doesn't realize she's behind him, judo flip, on bar, instant win. Yeah. It's yeah. an easy story to build to. It's not hard. And even if it does come down to just some match where they're in the corner then you're going to get some interference from Stephanie and then Ronda's going to come in and be like alright I'm going to fuck you up because you're trying to interfere and then The Rock wins either way 
just wanted to kind of get that out of the way since we weren't going to give that its own segment. But we are going to talk in this part about the first match of the night, which was on the pre-show, the kickoff match uh, tag team championship Fatal 4-Way. We had the New Day, Los Matadores, and the Usos, or at least uh, Jimmy Uso, <laughs> against Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. Now, going into this match, they had said that Jay Uso was injured, and they wrote him off pretty much immediately, and Jimmy... Uh, really saved the day here. He kicked ass in this match. Uh, he made it seem like there were two Usos out there to me. Super Kick City, pretty much. He did that spot where he rams his ass into the people in the turnbuckle. He did that to all four. That was cool. Yeah. There, there were two Usos out there at one point. Though. At one point, yeah. But I mean, throughout like the entire thing. like He carried his own weight and no, no, the missing Jay. No, he was out of ringside the entire time. What are you talking about? They brought him to the back. Yeah, there was clear footage. Oh, they the did this? Safe... My bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know you're meant to like the whole story the of the match before like... you review it. <laughs> uh, so they had a fun little thing here with all the people that were the extras to that. Naomi, Natalia, Xavier Woods, and El Torito. I thought that that was really kind of cool. Um, I liked this match a whole lot. I thought this was a great way to start off the show. What did you guys think? I loved it. Well, I, I loved, loved it, too. I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was the best fucking pre-show ever. I think a lot of us thought it was going to be an early contender for match of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we would eventually be proven wrong. Um, we actually ran a poll in the Mega Maniacs group uh, asking people what their match of the night was, and not a single person actually voted this match, which I think is kind of a travesty. Uh, this is a fantastic match. It really didn't have too much, like, you know, psychology to it or anything. It, it was a bit of a spot fest, but it was very, very fun. Um, every team felt like they had their place there, even the Matadors. It, it, it was cool. Uh, I, I was happy for them all. The only issue, the only reason why I guess people, I could think people say this wouldn't be matched tonight was either they didn't see it or that they just didn't believe it got enough time because I don't even think it got it got back around 10 minutes or something like that, which, you know, that, that's just what they were gave, got to work with, but they sure used that 10 minutes that they got, and they used the most of it. It was a fantastic match, and like you guys said, it was a great way to start off the show. Yeah, we know what that's the biggest shame is, is that that, that not all the people were in their seats in the crowd. Yeah, that's only Not, not everyone was there for that match. Yet they still got a huge reaction where you wouldn't, where it didn't really seem like there was mm-hmm. missing people, which goes to show how well they did. I called the, I When this initially happened, I said, this is going to be match of the night. I was very surprised anything topped it. So uh, hats off to all of these guys. The only critique I had was probably sometimes it was too much of a clusterfuck, but it was still entertaining. Also, one thing I wanted to point out is just like these four team tag matches that have been on the pre-show the past couple of years. They've kicked ass and have been on lot point with like some of the better matches on the night. So kudos to the teams who have been involved the past few years when it comes to these tag matches because they've been fantastic and they've been fun to watch. And, it, it, it puts emphasis that you need to watch the pre-show because you're going to see great wrestling on it, no matter what. Was this yeah. the match where they debuted the giant swing and the dropkick combination with Tyson Kidd and Cesaro? Or did they do that? They've done that a few weeks. They've, yeah, they've done that for about a month now. Uh, it's the only first time I saw it. I thought that was pretty damn fucking cool. One cool move that happened in this match that I don't remember seeing before, but I'm pretty sure they've done it somewhere, at the very least on like live shows and stuff, was the powerbomb backstabber combo. That they did, uh, Los Matadores did that on Kofi Kingston. Yeah, that, that move looked nasty as fuck. Mm-hmm. That looked like that would have been a hell of a finisher if Los Matadores could be somebody that could finish a match, you know? If they do ma- keep doing moves like that, they fucking can. Mm. Do you think they could do a heel turn? Yeah. 
I think that they could. Just make a Mepico and Primo again. New Day's turning heel. <laughs> they have to turn heel. They yeah. turn. They turn green. Apparently. I do like the very beginning of this when, um, you know, it's bright as hell. Like, we can barely see anybody who's coming out and stuff like that. And uh, Big E's cutting his promo at the beginning of the New Day thing. And he's like, we're so filthy. We're going to get so filthy. We're going to need to take a shower. <laughs> a great way to start off WrestleMania by saying you're fucking dirty. Yo, check out my stack. Like, I don't get their promos at all, but I fucking love New Day for just how ludicrous they are. Oh, wait. He's got to take a shower. That's why he walks out with a towel. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so give that to now. give that to Mark. Also, also, new day sucks. <laughs> it's a good thing that they're going to be turning them heel. And apparently, according to the SmackDown results, they're going to be turning them heel and feuding them with uh, primetime players first. So, holla holla! Oh, that's so freaking. Just put the black guys against each other. Jesus Christ! So why would they turn them on SmackDown? What the fuck? Because that's why they debuted them. I guess they figured there's not going to be enough time on Raw. More important things. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot more important things right now, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the right team won. Oh, yeah. of course, yeah. Of course. No, yeah, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, they're going to ha- have those titles for a little while. Especially since these Ascension are fucked for the next while, so... Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys think it's going to be Lucha Dragons that takes it from them? Yep. I've said it on the post, though. I believe the Lucha Dragons will take it off them eventually. I don't know, because I think Cesaro and Kid are a little too over right now. I, I think Lucha Dragons need to just kind of do their things separately. You can have virtually two things going on in your tag division. You got Lucha Dragons doing what they're doing and Cesaro and Kid doing what they're doing and have that going all the way through the summer. You know what they haven't done in a while? They haven't done like some type of tag team tournament. That'd be yeah. I think I think some, somewhere down the line or even better – as a way to lead up to SummerSlam, just have like tag team qualifier matches on some of the pay-per-views if you don't have enough things to book and you just build up those feuds individually. I'd be down for that. And they could throw a couple of makeshift tag teams together too, like uh, maybe Ryback and Eric Rowan together. <laughs> oh, God, no. Why not? I'll, def- I'll defend Ryback all, all I want, but I fucking will not be happy if he's teaming with Eric Rowan like he has been recently. I'm not an Eric Rowan guy. I'm a Ryback guy. He's the big it, guy. He's my favorite wrestler. Listen, it's I'm ready for extreme rules, but come on. You can't just do that. That's Maybe our truth can be in a new tag team. Just, I don't know. I don't think there's another African American you could fucking put him. It doesn't have to be. It's not like that's a rule. I know. I know. But it's our truth. I'm sorry, I'm making that joke too much, right? But <laughs> You know, they've always put makeshifts, and even if you want to, they won't, but if you want to, they could even just bring up some team from NXT just for like a simple qualifying match or something like that. Have like a, one of those teams have a tournament down there to be put in this tournament on the main roster. Kind of like with what they do with the Royal Rumble spot that they've done for the past couple of years. I'm down for that. If they keep doing more matches like this, I'm down for anything in the tag division because this match was really a great way to start off this pay-per-view. And thankfully, like you guys had said, you know, a lot of people thought that this could have been match of the night, and then some other things happened that were just as good, if not better. So it wasn't like, man, that tag team pre-show was awesome, and it went downhill from that. It actually, you know, kept the pace up and everything. So uh, we're going to continue along here, and we're going to talk about the other pre-show match in the next part, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, coming up. 
Continuing on with the pre-show, we've got the other match that happened, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And this starts off with a way that some of the uh, different people were predicting. And I'm actually kind of glad that it happened. It was uh, everybody throwing Curtis Axel out. That was a little funny spot that I liked there. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's funny. Give Axel a chance. <laughs> he's often imitated, but he's never eliminated. Except at the beginning of the match where he was eliminated by everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> she looks so sad. Uh, hell bounce back. Was I was expecting World. it to last longer. Now, the way I see it, that elimination was for his elimination from the Royal Rumble. Oh. But he still has not been eliminated from the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So, really? Big Show, you got Axel Mania to worry about in your future, Jack. It would be so great if they kept this up until next year. And then at the Royal Rumble next year, he fucking makes it till the end. <laughs> it's the second to last person or something. It'd be great. Uh, so we're not going to go through every elimination, obviously. But, you know, one person gets out, another person gets out, another person gets out, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, in that one point, this one guy gets tossed out. Oh, that was a great point. <laughs> uh, it ended up coming down to The Miz, Damian Mizdow, and Big Show. And this is where we saw the final straw where uh, Damian Mizdow just says fuck it eliminates the Miz and decides to take Big Show on himself and comes up short because it's you know Big Show and the he's just show. Damian Mizdow but a lot of people complaining about this um, for not only the end of that but also for Hideo Itami's role in this because they figured that he would be much more prominently featured and he got eliminated about midway through or maybe a little bit earlier than that but um what do you guys think? Was Big Show the right choice here? Should this have been missed out? Should it have been Hideo Itami? Missteps and stuff. I heard people being complaining that they could have made a star out of Damien Mistow, but not really. I mean, you can accomplish the same thing with or without the Battle Royal for him. There's this cool story that they told during this, and it was that Big Show never really won a Battle Royal. I don't know if that's true or not, but for the most part, he's never won a big, high-stakes Battle Royal. So it was cool for them to do that story. He's always had comparisons drawn to Andre the Giant. Didn't they Did, even bill him as the son of Andre in WCW? So didn't, Wasn't Big Show one of the co-winners of the Royal Rumble in 2004? No. It, um, you're on about 2000, but the Rocks are oh, recogni- recognized as the winner. But they had that storyline where Big Show was saying that he won because they fucked up Rock's feet actually just the floor, really. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah, he deserved um, he deserved it based on it being the Andre Battle Royal. So I'm all, all for it. He's a giant. He should do giant things. Indeed. Drew, Sean, Hayden, anything <laughs> to elaborate on that? I did. Some people complain at the Big Show one, like he says, but it honestly makes the most logical sense because it's a battle royal, which also has Andre the Giant in the name. So it makes sense that the biggest guy would win it. I'm not a fan of the Big Show at all. I think he's one of the God. I, I can't stand Big Show at all, honestly. But it makes sense. I personally would have rather have someone else won the match. And when it comes to the Hideo Atami thing, yeah, you know, people want to see him do well. But at the same time, unless you're coming up to the main roster permanently, I think it makes more sense that the NXT star does not make a big run in some like this but the sole purpose of why woody is a developmental he's in a developmental he's not on the main roster so why would he be better than a lot of the guys on the main roster so it's i didn't see it as a 
big deal anyways that he got eliminated rather early compared to people what people were hoping for. I was so, I was sort of disappointed because um towards the end of the battle royal, I started rooting for Cesaro to win it again. Because wasn't he like in the last four or something? He was there late. Yeah, they actually teased him eliminating Big Show the same way. I actually thought that was a pretty cool spot. I, I was there. I was I was marking. I was like, oh, he's, he's going to win another battle royal. Like this dude, he's just going to win every single battle royal. Would be so good. Sadly, he got eliminated by the Big Show. Big Show, please retire. Oh, what's with all the Big Show hate? Retire. Yeah. Well, like father, like son. And um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it had something to do with Andre and Big Show and winning. Uh, no, I think it had something to do with Bushes. Oh, the Bushwhackers. <laughs> fucking hell, cousin Luke, have you heard about fucking Payton Lewis dragging his foot, fucking cunt? Um, you know, I can get why people are butthurt about a Tommy, because they just need something to be butthurt about. Um, it, he did fine there. He got one elimination spot in there, even if it was, oh, it was just Bo Dallas. Big deal. He got something. He got eliminated by Big Show. It doesn't matter when in the match he got eliminated. He got eliminated by Big Show. Like, there's, there's nothing to be ashamed about being eliminated by Big Show. Yeah, it wasn't like he got thrown out by Heath Slater. Mm-hmm. Or Bo Dallas, which that was kind of funny, the Bo Dallas thing, where he, like, eliminates one person or something and runs around the whole ring like he fucking won it. <laughs> I like that. I still like Bo I'm Dallas' winning. character. <laughs> uh, I don't think that anything else really of note happened, but I did start to notice that there was this one guy in the crowd that... um. We definitely just dubbed Fat Dust because he's the epitome of that kind of character. So the whole rest of the night onward, it was just kind of like, where's Fat Dust? There he is. There's Fat Dust. You want to see a picture of that? Go to uh, Mega Maniacs on Facebook because I you know, specifically went back and found a shot of him. Um, Speaking of which, I, there was a dude in the crowd that I saw who sat down. He was in like full Superman attire like. But he replaced the C at the S with a C from the C Nation logo. I thought it was fucking great. Oh, that's a good idea. I didn't see that, that guy. Fuck. And the ask him sign as well. The, the, during the battle roll up, that made me laugh. He should Whoever have been shouting it. Ask him. Whoever did that. Kudos. Ask him. I, I bet that, that douchebag. I bet that douchebag would take credit for making his fucking sign too. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, I think that's it for the Memorial Battle Royal talk. Next one is going to be the first match of the official card, the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship as the uh, first match of the night for the official card. We got Bad News Barrett, Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, R-Truth, Dean Ambrose, Stardust, and Luke Harper all fighting it out to see who becomes the leader of the mid-card, so to speak. And the winner of the whole thing is Daniel Bryan, which a lot of people, I'd probably say most, were rooting for. Awesome match, uh, just as expected. Very, very entertaining. Lots of cool spots throughout the whole thing. Pretty much everybody looked strong, in my mind. Maybe not Luke Harper as much, or maybe... You know, Stardust and R-Truth didn't really get too, too much going on there, but I thought that this was really uh, a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to see what's happening with the Intercontinental scene. If any of these guys are involved and they put on as good of a match as they did here, we should be in for some pretty good matches. What do you guys think? Very good. Would watch again. Oh, yeah. 
It was okay, I, honestly. I, I didn't think it was that great. As far as, like, ladder matches at WrestleMania alone, it, it was probably one of the weakest ones there ever were, honestly. Just being uh, real about I, it, I, yo. I, well, these ladder matches are all the same. Bunch of fucking high spots. There weren't actually that many in this one. And, exactly. no, and no story, so... If you're going to have one of those matches, you got to go balls to the wall, and they didn't really do that, but it was still a good match. It was fine. Definitely, Ambrose took I the Rick Flair spot and got himself for the fucking ladder. I think this match would have benefited from having, like, half the people in it. If there was just, like, a three or a four-person ladder match. Hmm. Who would you have cut? Our truth Our truth for sure. Um, probably Luke Harper and probably... Do you need Dean in there? I was going to say, I, I think I would take Dean out. Honestly, I would have pulled Stardust. No, you would need another heel in there. Make it two face two heels. Nah. You wouldn't need to, necessarily. See, I think lot. Stardust could add more to the match than Dean, who's just going to do an elbow. I loved how he called that spot. He's <laughs> just like, I'm doing a fucking elbow! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> And I love how Stardust drags out this special ladder. It's got all this glitter and stuff, and immediately gets broken. <laughs> yeah, and you don't need all here. You don't like, need an even number. They didn't. They like having all heal money in the back not too long ago. I didn't say it had to be an even number. That was Drew. Oh, fuck you, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What did I say? You said the thing with the stuff. Um, two faces. You know what kind of threw me off is that Bad News Barrett came out like. Second? Yeah, yeah that was, that what the hell was up me. with that? That actually pissed me off. I think the champion should always be uh, put out there last. No, honestly, when you really think about it, Daniel Bryan came out first, and he got, like, the big introduction for him, and then, like, as soon as Wade Barrett came out, I was like, yeah, Bryan's winning for sure now. Just by that alone, I just knew that they just put the most emphasis on Bryan out of everyone. I figured once Daniel Bryan came out, that Barrett would go at last. No, I think the reason they had Daniel Bryan come out first is because they wanted to tell a story where WrestleMania 30 ended with Daniel Bryan celebrating with the WWE title, and 31 was starting with him walking out for the Intercontinental here, title match. Here we are, WrestleMania 31, folks, and we can see how far Daniel Bryan's fallen. <laughs> I was a little surprised that they went with that lineup. I thought that Barrett would come out last. But, um... Because he should have come out last, just based on fucking tradition more than anything. Well, just because it's awkward for him to come out second. Like if he would have come out first, then I wouldn't have thought much about it. But coming out after Brian is kind of just like, you know, like when like, our truth comes out in the middle of it or something like that. Like that. What makes Dean sense. Ambrose the guy worth coming out last? Because he's Dean fucking Ambrose, and he wore those cool fucking shades. Yeah, to be fair, the Terminator glasses are reason enough. A lot of people had new attire. That's kind of a WrestleMania tradition. And uh, Stardust came out looking a little bit like Mr. Sinister. Uh, he did that Monday, too. Luke Harper had a new coat on top of his dirty-ass fucking undershirt. Jeez. Jeez, man. That's a, that's, that's a lot of stuff yeah. right there. Some mm -hmm. fresh plaid. Yeah. Still couldn't get a new wife beater, though. No. Or yeah, run it through the washer. Yeah, I love Jerry's. Uh, Jerry Lawler actually had a good line. Oh, yeah. He put on his um, cleanest dirty shirt. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. Um, yeah, I don't remember too many like amazing spots in this, but I thought that it was fun. Um, obviously, the power bomb that Dean Ambrose took is probably the highlight as far as spots go. 
But I even thought that it was kind of cool when um, Barrett pulled Ziggler down and gave him a bullhammer in the process. I thought that that was pretty cool. I yeah. like the upside-down kicks that Daniel Bryan did. I forgot who he did it against. Oh, uh, Luke Harper. That was a pretty oh. sweet spot. And I'm surprised no one mentioned it, the superplex. That was fucking nasty. Oh, yeah. Shit. forgot about that. Well, when Barrett landed on his fucking nose. Both took a bad spell off that. I bet they fucking hurt the next night. Yeah, that was really high up, and... I don't know. I wouldn't have taken that bomb. <laughs> Oh, Vic Flair would have fucking taken that bump and never would have just bled all over the place. <laughs> he would have landed on his knee and somehow it would cause his face to bleed. Rick Flair would have been bleeding on his entrance. What do you guys think about that Brian and Ziggler headbutt spot? They kind of replicated that on Monday Night Raw. Uh, what are you talking about? They they were hitting each other's shoulder. That's <laughs> true. You know, was that something that was good enough for the end of this or was that uh, kind of weak? I thought it was I neat. It was and interesting, the fans reacted. That's what's important. I know. How come you can like have a headbutt war like that, but you can't do a chair shot to the head? They weren't actually hitting each other in the head in that spot. You don't have to actually hit a person in the head with a chair either. Yeah, they they, they always put their the hands chair. up. Unless you're yeah, McFoley and you fucking just handcuff yourself and go, "Thank you, please, can I have another?" <laughs> <laughs> no, they put their hands up when you're going for that headshot. So. Yeah, I don't know why they banned it. Yes, the official term is called saluting the chair. Yeah, thank you for that uh, next one. Can uh, we go back and explain the international too? <laughs> sure. So the international, I, I call, hey, Tony, international. And then I just punch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely fucking lost. What? <laughs> international? I thought this was... I thought this was the fucking Randy Orton. I thought stuff. this was America. I thought this was international. You know, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're doing a podcast Sean. about wrestling, you fucking mug. Sean, we're not even talking about Randy Orton and Seth Rollins yet. <laughs> no, that's the next part. Now, can I just yeah, say the one about Ontario? Though? Randy Orton classic Ontario was fucking badass. Okay, we'll talk about you... that in the Randy Orton segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, big... oh my oh, guys, what, what segment are we talking about? Oh. Um, oh, next so, one? Okay, well, I'll save it anyway. <laughs> so, uh, we know what Sean's opinion is. <laughs> well, does anybody have anything else to say about the IC title match before we move uh, on yeah, to talk about Yeah, Seth attire was pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one part when Roman Reigns, they did that, like, uh, camera spot when he put his hand out on the mat? Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> remember that thing on Monday Night Raw? <laughs> 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 All right, guys, we are going to talk about the Randy Orton and Seth Rollins match in the next part. Stay tuned and click on that next video. So, Sean, what did you think about Randy Orton versus <laughs> Seth Rollins? <laughs> I, I, I thought Randy Orton's classic on title was pretty badass with the shoulder pads and everything. And when he did the crossbody, I marked out because he hasn't done the crossbody in f- fucking forever since he was like. I wonder why he wore those shoulder pads on his elbows. I liked I, his new gear. Old I liked gear. It quite a bit. And I thought the RKO was fucking sick. Yes, that was pretty good. That was my yeah. move of the night. I would have felt sick after taking that. And yes, Seth Rollins lost, but we all know what happens at the end of the pay-per-view. And he made up for it. For anyone who says Orton can't wrestle, I think, or call him Randy Borton, 
I think not well, even though he's working with Seth Rollins, Orton knows how to tell a story when it comes to his wrestling. I know Wago is a big Orton fan as well, or at least so he'll defend the man. But no, Orton is a great wrestler, and you know he might not put on classics, but damn, this is a really good match. I think I'd actually uh, make an argue that Randy Orton is one is of one their top, best work, one of the two top wrestlers, and I'd argue he's better than Daniel Bryan in some aspects, just as. Daniel Bryan's more of a spot fest guy. Dan, as far as just pure old school storytelling wrestling, Randy Orton's the biggest throwback they have to that, and he's one of the best workers they've got. And when it comes to, like Joey and Mercury and uh, Jimmy Nobles, they always take like some type of bump in like anything they do. So the double DDT spot onto the um, ground was nice, you know, because why not? But yeah, it was a fantastic match, and I think they had a great ending sequence as well. Even though, unfortunately, I they kind of devalue the curved stop now because Orton kicked out of it after like no one was able to last year, but and that was going to happen eventually. So overall, it was a fantastic match. Well, if they're going to do that, WrestleMania is the show to do it. Exactly. So you know, it's you always have to hit more than one finisher to beat someone, anyways, unless your name is Rusev. And an interesting fact: I actually wanted Randy Orton to win this match. Oh, oh God, you're not the Seth Rollins man we thought you were. Yeah, fucking hell, I think uh, Drew should Randy pick Orton, before you. Randy Orton was um, the the original Sean Walker guy back when he debuted against Hardcore Holly. Oh, so you're gonna so you're gonna pick Randy Orton in the Fantasy League? Cool. Uh, I'm pick, take him. Randy Orton first. No, oh, cool. I might take Neville. Norval. Fucking Neville. Norval Redenbacher. Norval. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, Randy Orton wins with that RKO. Uh, which was uh, very, very impressive. A lot of height that Rollins got on that. That was very cool. Mm. I thought you know, this was a good match, though. I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, when you look back, I don't remember all that much about it other than the RKO. It, you know, it wasn't, like, incredibly memorable spots and stuff like that. But it was solid. It was, you know, it wasn't that boring-style Randy Orton match that we get every once in a while. If you have a boring, boring match with Randy Orton, it's normally your fault. Or it's just really that they don't really care. You know, I mean, it's a shitty pay-per-view or something like that. They're not going to pull out all the stops. So you look at the guys that Randy Orton actually has had shit matches with. They're guys that are normally guilty of having shit matches. So it is what it is. Yeah, and this match- matches with Triple H. Triple H has had some stinkers, too. These matches with John Cena tend to be slow. Ever since the first quad tear, I think Triple H's work rate went significantly down. And after he tore the second one, he was fucked. But that second Randy Orton John Cena match, at least the one Helen Cell was good. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the spot goes with the RKO, I thought it was awesome. I thought some like the fan when Moed had the uh, fan which he flew Homer out on. I thought someone he'd grab Seth Rollins because he was up there for so long. It was <laughs> fucking sweet. Um, it was scary. I tell you what, I never pictured that spot before, and it was fucking cool. So. Every time I think that I've seen every RKO out of nowhere or thought it's got predictable, they come up with something new. Peyton, what do you think about this? You haven't really said all that much. I don't really have any more to add to it. I mean, it wasn't... uh, I actually think it was kind of a disappointment of a match. I mean, there was a lot of us who were predicting this to be match of the night going into it, and it ended up being kind of a blob match compared to the rest of the card. It wasn't particularly bad, but... There was only a couple things I remember from it. One of them is that awesome RKO at the end, and right before it, I remember 
Seth going to do the Phoenix Splash, which I still love that move, but he actually landed on his feet. That was crazy. Like a cat. (laughs) A hungry cat. (laughs) The ending sequence is probably the thing people remember the most about the match, because that was like the really good part about it. It started kind of slow, but it picked up as it went. Now that he has the WWE title, is he still hungry? Oh, of course. Oh, probably. Uh, well, I mean, if he couldn't get a house and he was still homeless when he was money in the bank, he'd be still hungry. Yeah. Um, to touch on like match quality, I think this was a solid match. It wasn't anything special, and I think what hurt it was how good the rest of the fucking card was. Um, by any other standard, if it was on a pay-per-view, people would actually be talking a lot about this match, I think. It's just that it got lost with how much was on WrestleMania and that's how it should be. WrestleMania should just be full of good matches. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So, we are going to continue on here. One of the biggest matches of the night is up next. Sting versus Triple H. Sting versus Triple Sting. H. Sting. I like how it's 14 years into making guys snarf. <laughs> Before we get into the match itself, what do you guys think about the entrances? I Jeff thought it was comedy that Sting got this shitty little entrance with Japanese guys and drums, <laughs> and then Triple I, H like fucking has a movie set come to life. <laughs> <laughs> the only what thing is it's up with the whole Japanese thing. I do not get it at all. I bet if like Sting does like an interview, he'll explain it and it'll make sense. But honestly, if I do not see the connection Sting had with Japan at all, ever. Yeah, I got nothing. I I can't defend the connection. I. Thought it was a cool performance, though. I thought it was unique and a neat thing to have there. The only time I, I thought, thought it, it sounded cool. like our fucking outro. The only thing I did like about it was when they guy hit the gong and it wasn't in sync, which happened a fucking lot. At least it felt like it did. It's because it's all. I just think it's three dongs. I still just think it would have been better if they used this old theme. Oh it's- fuck yeah! And you know what? They kept playing along with this theme, and I was like, this would be so much better if they were playing along with the old one. Mm-hmm. There's, like, heavy drums in that mm-hmm. fucking thing. That would have kicked ass. Do, 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 do. Oh, my God, that'd be badass. But, yeah, I, I didn't know that uh Steve Borden was such a Japanese-inspired name. <laughs> Good old surfer sting. Japanese culture, first thing oh, I think. Oh, Yeah, you found that really funny for some reason, Tony. He, he <laughs> surfed all the way from Japan he, to get here. Hello, guys, it's your first thing. What about Triple H's, though, the Terminator? I mean, Terminator 2 is my favorite movie of all time, so of course I just thought that that was, you know, fucking cool. Fucking awesome. Fucking is cool. Yeah, for, and then when it first brought in, like, at first I was confused enough from the whole Japanese drums, and then it started showing all this, like, grocery shopping and cable cars and like Rams like what the fuck is this going on now like what did the are we watching a wrestling show what the hell is going on here and then finally it clicked in my head and then I saw all the post apocalyptic footage showing up I was like oh and then I heard the dun, 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 dun. I think it's triple just I think it's triple just dun, shut up every year to figure out what it found more cool than the actual robots and shit was the whole scanning the arena target acquired? Mm-hmm. I thought that was fucking kind of cheesy, but sweet at the same time. Oh man, in the fucking center little uh, eyeball thing that was on the part of the stage, the screen, the circular. That was pretty one. sweet. That was baller. 
I just feel like if it was dark and they could have used like certain lighting, it would have been so much more fun. Oh uh, man, if they could have done some like red lasers going all over the place and like had some like flash, like if they could have made it look like the uh, the future scenes from the very beginning of T one and T two, that would have been fucking awesome. You know, like all the skulls on the ground and you've got the HKs flying in the background and shit. Obviously, they couldn't have done that, but they used to have the fucking zeppelins flying around. They could have done something. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, and, it, you know, it was a good change of pace from just doing the whole warrior thing again. Because we've seen that. You know. That stage, though, in general, that stage was fucking awesome. It was fucking huge. And it was gorgeous. Like, Notice it was nice and clean. Didn't have too much shit going on. You had a good, like, uh, video screen set up where you could... That lettering, though. That, I didn't bother. That didn't bother me too much. The only thing that the stage bothered me with was, you know, you have a big stage when the rock takes like forty minutes to get down to the oh, fucking ramp because you're just walking back oh. and forth. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> just the rock, though. So. Uh. I think it took longer for the rock to go down than the Undertaker, and that's just because the rock wanted to milk it. I don't know why he does that shit. I mean, he never used to when he was over. I think it's because they told him they were just like, "Yo, it's still not too dark." And Undertaker's next. Can you just, like, stall? As long as possible. That's why why Ronda Rousey picked up Stephanie. (laughs) But for the Sting and Triple H match itself, um, how did you guys think that these worked out together? Fucking awesome. And it shouldn't have. It should have sucked. It should have sucked a lot. But these guys went out there... Had a good wrestling match, which I'm like, oh, damn. And then it turns into the biggest overbooked masterpiece ever. (laughs) Which everybody, the the best way that I've heard this explained was a big group of 26, 27, 28-year-olds are all sitting around watching in the basement. And we all turn into six-year-olds. We're just like, that's DX! That's NWO! Oh, man, it would be so much better if Shawn Michaels came out. It's Shawn Michaels! Like, <laughs> we're just like, ah, Jesus Christ. The only weird thing is, because of how the internet is now, it's kind of like, well, you guys are friends. But <laughs> um, I think it's the, like, because if these guys were booked against each other, there's no way that Rodog and Billy Good would have kicked the fuck out of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. So it was sweet watching them wipe the floor with them. Yeah, X-Pac goes up against Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'm like, X-Pac just took out Hulk Hogan. This is amazing. And not only that, NWO fucking loses. My, so... my favorite moment of that part is where Kevin Nash falls over and just falls over randomly and he's holding his knee. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Everybody's just like, oh, there you go, toy squad. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Scott Hall took a back like a backdrop on the fucking outside. Oh my gosh. I was like, the fuck? It just sort of felt like they were all like, you were the cool group, we were the cool group, let's go fuck each other up. <laughs> I have a question, one question about this match. When did I miss it become a no-disqualification match? Right at the start of the match, they announced it. Oh my god. They fucking do that so much now. Like, I remember they did that with Triple H and Lesnar, and then they did it with Lesnar and Punk. Like, god damn it, why can't you just announce that in advance? Because they, they brought up the bat in the... Uh, the sledgehammer, and I was so confused. Like, referee can do anything about this? Earl. Card, card subject to change, Drew. Uh, and no. Actually, on that note of the baseball bat and the sledgehammer, fuck you, cameraman. 
Like, that was a really bad, awkward angle. It, like, did not sell the spot as awesome as it should have been. That should have been, like, a really fucking big deal, and it didn't feel like it. Which time? When they broke the sledgehammer with the bat? With the yep. Boot. One on bat. Alright, I guess we're done with this fucking segment. <laughs> well, out of all the stuff that happens here, what was your favorite part about that? And on top of that, do you think that it was a good choice for uh, Sting to lose this match? Sting losing. I don't think it really makes too much of a difference. Uh, so, I'm more indifferent than anything. I really don't care about Sting. I stink. enjoy... <laughs> sting the stink. I enjoyed this match more than I should have. I, especially since how little I do care about Sting, and I think it was just due to all the nostalgia stuff. Just watching fucking NWO vs. DX, that's enough reason to go and see this match. That's my favorite part. I don't feel like Sting would come in just to get shitty theme music and lose. So I feel like there's got to be more in his career going on here. I think that he might have lost this match because he's going to eventually go on to beat The Undertaker. Hmm. Hmm. So it's sort of like give and take. That or they're trying to make Triple H strong for The Rock. Well, I mean, they get that too. I mean, you're killing two birds with one stone. It's called smart booking. But I'm saying like Triple H is like, hey, I tell you what, Sting, you do the the honors for me, and next year we'll put you over Taker. You put me over. You uh, put me over and I'll let you fuck Mark over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I did say last week that Triple H was going to win. I should have stuck by it with my predictions, but for some odd reason on the night, I thought, you know what, that's just going to be retarded. I should have stuck with my guns because there was something about this match that I knew Triple H was going to win, but I can't remember why. But I did call it, so... I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised Triple H won as because it makes sense because they did WWE versus WCW essentially, so why the fuck would WCW win this round? I think that makes the most sense when you look at it from that point of view. It was not like if they won, WCW was going to come back or anything. I do think that was some of the booking decisions here. It was, right, WWE always wins. And just to make sure of that, let's bring the NWO and fuck them over, dude. Yeah, I'm a lot younger than you guys. I wasn't watching wrestling back when it was in the NWO at its height and the DX was at its height as well. So I think Wago mentioned, because I didn't watch this live, I watched it later on. He mentioned to me that I probably won't like like this match as much as they did, he did. Which, and I thought it was a great match regardless. I thought the wrestling was good. And even though it was overbooked, like you guys have said, I I rather, I thought it was not, not so much a trip back down memory lane for me, but more so that people cared enough to cheer shows that, to me, shows that people really fucking care about this. And I think this is the only time that they're ever going to get an NWO versus DXing. So, mm-hmm. overall, I thought it was a good match. And I thought the stuff that they did had the halfway point on, I actually rather enjoyed for some reason. So, kudos for them for making someone who wasn't didn't watch wrestling at the time actually care that these guys came out. Um, oh. Thank you for making me feel like an 11-year-old kid again. <laughs> One other thing, how about that gnarly bruise Triple H had? I think I think Sting had one too on his side. There was nothing like Triple H's. Though. I know, but Triple like, H's geez. was like all down like half of his side. I think I think Triple H might have pulled a muscle at the beginning of the match. That's what I'm hearing. 
uh, from your uh, sources? From my sources. I think he sat on some paint. <laughs> Remember how a couple of years ago he had the uh, ice burn on his chest? Yeah, this is just the same thing, but with paint now. Oh, that must <laughs> that burn must have fucking killed though. I felt so bad for him when I found it was a dry ice burn. I'm like, dude, that sucks. So yeah, Triple H and pain, ha. <laughs> and then Undertaker has that one entrance where he gets set on fire. Like it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh man. So any last thoughts on this thing in Triple H match? Stang! Stang! 14 years. Stang, Floss! 14 years in the making, Stang! It's Stang, everybody! When's the next time we see Sting? I would love to see him come back at uh, SummerSlam. That freaking he's not going to show up again until SummerSlam? Mm -hmm. Uh, I bet, no, I bet it will still be a nuisance for the authority. If they continue it between those two, I think he'll pick up a win on Triple H just to even the score. Maybe. He shook their hand. We didn't even talk about that. They fucking shook hands at the end of the match. What was oh, that? Yeah, it was a little odd. That ruined the match for me. That's right, Sting. That was still Put my me match. Over. Put me over. <laughs> like, why would Sting, like, after all that, like, all he went through to track Triple H, saying he has to bring him down. And then Triple H, like, uses a sledgehammer to win, of all ways. And he's just like, yeah, I'll shake your hand. <laughs> he tried to use a baseball bat. They both had teams of guys on each of the side. It was it was an even fight. What do you mean? There was, like, two more on Team DX. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, you've got fucking Hulk Hogan, <laughs> uh, Scott sure. Hall, and fucking it's... Kevin Nash, as opposed to Billy Gunn and X-Pox and Road Dogg. It's kind of an uneven match. Xbox. The Xbox. <laughs> the old Xbox. Xbox. Oh, and then uh, Shawn Michaels making a random appearance in the middle of the ring to Play do a super games, kick. Games, Xbox. <laughs> Outro. Also, oh, I don't know, we didn't talk about this with the Intercontinental Championship match, but I just thought of it. That little segment they did with the uh, all the uh, Hall of Famers coming back to congratulate Brian. I thought I like it was kind of cool. Was... I, we, we're not getting fucking much out of this right now, so I thought I might have threw that in there. <laughs> so, next match on the card is the Divas match. Stay tuned. We are going to be talking about that and everything else coming your way. AJ Lee and Paige defeat the Bella Twins in a pretty standard tag team match, but um, better than what you would get on Monday Night Raw. But I don't know. I still kind of felt like this was not good enough for WrestleMania. Anybody got anything on the positive side before we get into the negatives? I thought it was a cool little match. I mean, I think there was a missed opportunity for them to have done more here. But for some reason, they wanted to do this match. And considering they had to do this match, I think they did some of the best things they could have done. I, I like the story they told where they kept pushing AJ away and Paige had to really fight and was trying to go out for the tag but just couldn't get it. Um, and in the end, the baby faces came out getting the win. And that was what it was. I mean, not everything has to have big swerves or anything weird like that. Sometimes it's just a feel-good baby faces getting the victory over the hard-fought confrontation that they had. Any other positives? That was average. All right, let's get into the actually haven't... Oh, okay, fuck my positive. Uh, go ahead. I actually thought it was a solid match for six minutes and 40 seconds. So, pass it off to the ladies. This is the baseline of what they should be doing every night. Um, yeah. 
So let's get into the negatives. What could they have done better that they screwed up here? I got a big negative. Mm. I got a very big negative. Mm. Fucking <laughs> cameraman at Durham Page's entrance. What the fuck, dude? What the fuck was that angle? It was like on the side and everything, and his tits looked amazing. You would have put the camera more central so I could have had a better view of these tits. But no, you had it on the side. And you ruined everything, you stupid cameraman. But Paige looked great. All in all. I, I really wouldn't say there's any negatives on as far as their performance. Again, I think as far as this match goes, they did a really good job with what it was. The only thing I would have done differently is made this a four-way for the title. I'm really confused why they didn't. Because Brie Bella and Nikki Bella are now best friends and she doesn't wish she died in the womb. Yeah, but you could have made a story out of that. You could have made a story where, like, Brie was still going to team with her sister and, like, AJ and Paige had to find out a way to overcome that. Like, you know, they might stand a chance or they could try to be greedy and try to go for that title and then they they have to fight the two of them. Yeah, it's kind of like you've got Brie trying to help Nikki win, Nikki fighting for herself. AJ and Paige can't fight for the other one. They have to fight for themselves, but they have to fight with the other one against the other two. Like, that would have made more sense to me, and I don't know why they didn't do that. And if they don't do that for Extreme Rules, then it's really even more confusing, because mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, well, you just you missed an opportunity for no reason. So, I'm confused. Extreme Rules, I think, because um, Nikki accidentally clotheslined Bree in the fucking tag match of Raw, and that's going to explode onto something can something yeah maybe i don't know i don't know what they did at smackdown but uh do you guys like how this was uh positioned on the card it was kind of in a bathroom break but it was in the middle of the show towards the halfway point i guess you could say instead of being right before the main event it's better placement this before after the music this was after then yes because the Music pop sucked. That actually, I thought, wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be, even though I do think that it was a waste. Skylar Great looked great, though. I would. <laughs> <sighs> Peyton, what did you think about the music? I fast-forwarded past it. Oh, shit, you didn't watch it live? No, it was on a bit of a delay. Outside of Pacers game. Anybody else watch the music? Nope. Where you go, did you? It was um, it was music. I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, the it's guy who so hated this the most is going to be the one who music. sounds like he's defending it the most. <laughs> I didn't think it was yeah, that that offensive. Good. No, it wasn't an offensive segment, but not worth fucking talking about. It's better than last week, yes. All right, I guess that's it for this whole segment and the music stuff. So we are going to continue on here, United States Championship, in the next part. All right, now this is going to be my most <sighs> pessimistic part. John Cena defeats Rusev for the United States Championship. I wasn't fond of this. I thought that the match itself wasn't keeping my attention. The end of the match was really lame and I think it speaks volumes that you've got a situation where Rusev comes out he gets booed they run a video package of America it gets cheered 
John Cena comes out immediately. John Cena sucks. Vince McMahon's probably like, what the fuck do I have to do to get these fucking people to cheer the fucking guy? People are against Rusev. They're for the American angle. And it's still just, but I don't want to fucking see Cena. Cena gets a lot more flack than he deserves. But still, this ended up being a typical John Cena match. And the ending was just this simple, lame, blah end to an undefeated streak. It ends with just a, a an accidental push off the apron and an attitude adjustment, and that's and then done. What an epic ending! You know, like that was just fucking lame to me. If anything is the low point of this pay per view, it's got to be this match to me. What do you guys think? Agreed. This match was horrendous. It was, I mean, it was horrendous. But you know what? It brought that. It brought everything down. The Divas match did not slow the pace of this pay per view down. Oh. This match did. Like uh, the, these guys really started stinking the joint out. You know what? Their their entrances were cool. Uh, Rusev especially. Like, the guy came out in a fucking tank. tank. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they gave the guy a fucking tank. It was fucking amazing. Um, but this match just stunk the place out and. I, again, I fast-forwarded through a bunch of this because I just couldn't stand it. Uh, I went right to the end. That, that's not where fair, then. You can say it stinks if you didn't watch all of it. I, I read it when we watched it, Drew. Don't okay, there you go. Don't there you go. Talk. I'm talking about when I first time I watched it. So don't fucking come here trying to act like you know me. Um, <laughs> Rusev knocks Lana off the apron there, and they gets pinned, and it's over. That's the end of the streak. Like, that's it? Lalcina wins? Like, what a complete waste in the last year. Um, Rusev, I worry for him because not only is the streak going too, it looks like they're also take looks like they're taking a lot away from him too, and I'm not down for that because they're a great package, and Lana will probably be okay by herself. I don't think Rusev will be able to 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 swim by himself though. See, I kind of think that Rusev on his own will do better than Lana on her own. Rusev ain't got them legs. Well, he does. He has Thunder Fights. Yeah, but who's going to be partnered up with Lana then? Like, who could she be with? With that kind of character? They're going to teach her to bump and she's going to wrestle. I could see it happening. As far as this match goes, I think it's got way more hate than it deserved. It was actually a solid match. I'm not going to say it was a good match, but it was a solid wrestling match. Um, people that dislike it are disliking it because of how awesome the rest of the show's been. Again, I think it suffers from a lot of what Randy Orton and Seth Rollins did, where it got made look a lot weaker than it was due to how good the rest of the show was. But I'm not com- I'm not going to say this match was anywhere near as good as the Orton versus Seth Rollins, but it wasn't a bad match. No, it was bad. These guys fucking stuck the joint out, dude. They, nah. they, they, there's, there was nothing going on for like minutes at a time during this match. See, I didn't like their fast lane match either. So I gotta just assume I don't like the two of these two working together. Yeah, they remind me of a lot of their fast lane match. The only thing different was that Lana decided to throw a shoe in the mm. fucking ring. <laughs> and when Booker T said that John Cena broke out of the accolade, didn't he already break out of it at fast lane? No, he passed out. Didn't Jack Swagger break out of the accolade at one point? Probably. As far as um, Rusev's future in this, I think he's fucked. 
I said, as soon as he hits that brick wall, which is John Cena, which we all knew eventually it was going to happen, happened at WrestleMania, and that's probably the greatest stage for him to fail on, so he's done. Unless he beats John Cena, beats John Cena decisively, and then fucking, I don't know, beats Roman Reigns, he's fucked. I think that there is still a chance for him. But it's going to be hard. That's for sure. They can't just push him aside and get to him two months down the lane. Again, they can't take Lana from him. I'm hoping this is just like an excuse to have Lana be away while she's finishing up this movie she's doing. And then yeah. she'll just come back and be by his side. One of the couple things I'll, I'm going to question till until Cena retires is Cena will put some guys over and it doesn't make sense or, you know, it's just him doing it. But when it comes to a guy like Rusev where he needs the win, he doesn't do it. And he did it with the Wade Barrett back in 2010. And, you know, he went on and do interviews saying it was a mistake, but I don't understand when it's obviously he doesn't need, he needs to put him over and he doesn't do it in this case. I don't think it's Cena's choice. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think Cena, no, I think Cena has a choice in this as well. I know, I know, uh, man gets, final, gets the final choice, but it definitely, Cena definitely has a say in this. It's his character. I think, and he's our top guy. I think he has as much to say as Vince does. When no, it comes I, to his I, but I think Cena's just such a company guy. He just shows up for work and does what he's told. I think Cena can be the type of person who he not that he like dictates what's happening. I think that he can get in Vince McMahon's ear if he wants to win and change it to him winning. But I think if Vince McMahon wants John Cena to win, it's happening no matter what. Kind of that thing where like Vince is on the fence. If John Cena wants to go one way or the other, he's going to go with whatever John wants to do. But the way this story was being written from the very start, John Cena was always being intended to come out on top in mm-hmm. the end. Right. So it would have been weird had Rusev won. So, yeah. And they That's never... why I was hoping that at, at the very least the match would have been good enough to make up for it, and I don't think it was. Yeah, they, they fucked Rusev. They, they knew he was going to be fed to John Cena. And John Cena doesn't need any more guys fed to him. He's been the, the established star for God knows how long now. You go on a losing streak and people would still buy a Cena randomly winning just because of little Cena wins. Well, he did, did for like an entire year. No, he didn't lose every match during that year. I nah, but I mean, he lost like every important match. Should have lost to David Otunga. <laughs> well, like every Raw that year? Oh, man, that would have been awesome if David Otunga did pick up a random win over Cena. He lost to fucking Tenzai. But Otunga over nine. What a dick. That's probably why Otunga goes, hangs out with his dead family, because he's still mad that Cena didn't put him over. <laughs> hangs out with his dead family. Yo, this tombstone's Jim. Swans. Just, sitting there in the uh, cemetery. He's got, like, some, uh, that type of chair that you bring when you're tailgating out somewhere. <laughs> Drew doesn't bring chairs anywhere. He burned them all. <laughs> so, if these two have a match at Extreme Rules, what type of match do you think that they should have? An extreme I'm, rules match. <laughs> I was just going to say, I am really hoping we don't get a last man standing. Isn't that the theme for John Cena matches at extreme rules the past couple years? Exactly, and I don't want to fucking watch that because that's going to be such a goddamn bore. We wait, wait, wait. want chairs match. 
rather see a chairs match than a last man standing. Again, submission match. Do it. Make it happen. Do submission, it, baby. Submission match, then. Oh, you know, if Rusev taps out the scene, oh, he's definitely fucked then, so. Yeah, I would that's like to that's see the way like... how you fucking kill Rusev. I don't understand why I seen. I don't understand like I, that people like would refuse to tap to them, but man, wouldn't it have been fucking awesome if Cena just tapped him. Oh god, that would have made me so happy. No. I still reckon an I Quit match would be great. Just to hear John Cena. Oh yeah. I quit. Oh my god. I don't think Cena's ever lost an I Quit match. You know how you make John Cena lose an I Quit match? You like. Grab one of the Make-A-Wish kids. Yeah. Put him in the accolade. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you just bring Edge out there and say he'll break his fucking neck. Yeah, fucking get Connor's brother, get Seth Rollins to fucking <laughs> put... Have, oh, hold, no. ho- like, have fucking Big Show hold him down. I'll do it, John! Make him sit for that fucking segment again. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Uh, we have two more matches to talk about for WrestleMania. Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt is next. Second to last match on the card, Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. Better than I expected that it was going to be. I kind of assumed that these two wouldn't work well together. Bray Wyatt would kind of be fucked with that whole injury that had apparently happened, and Undertaker might have been in a bad shape uh, position too, but they did better. Um, it wasn't the best match in the world. It wasn't something that I really remember anything all that much about, but, you know, I had kind of fun watching this at the very least i don't like taker wearing the leather pants look again that's one thing i didn't fucking like Mm-mm. Um, i preferred his... it i think he looks awkward as fucking tights i i like the old like ministry type of look of undertaker i don't like the american back. badass he looks like the american badass again yeah. now the only that's, thing that's why i said i don't wearing... I, I don't like that well he's all that's different now is he wears a fucking hat and uh trench coat like and the hair, like, I still wish he had the long hair. But well, this is better than the fucking bald hair, like the bald hair or the mohawk. I don't think so. Yeah, well, fuck you. I don't like the uh, mohawk kind of thing or the bald thing all that much, but when he has this, like, kind of curly hair, I don't know, I was just thinking, like, Boy Meets World and shit. <sighs> but <laughs> I like that spot with the spider walk crab walk thing and uh undertaker sitting up i thought that was kind of cool yeah we all called for that like on an earlier episode and we're like as yeah. long as we get to see that it's all good <laughs> right it's like the match can suck i just want that spot and it turns out the match wasn't a bad match um i thought it was gonna stink the joint out but mm-hmm. guess not drew what did you think about this match yeah drew what did i think about it yeah that's good. The one thing I want to mention was when they were doing Taker's theme at one point. Like, I don't know. I, I, I believe, like, he started coming out or something, or, or someone got in the way. So they had to focus on the WrestleMania, like, like play button while Taker was about to come out. That was just something yeah. I noticed. Yeah, the cameraman. Yeah, when, uh, like, when all the smoke is there and it's like that that big reveal of the Undertaker. <laughs> Instead, it was the cameraman. It's like, oh man, Undertaker looks like a cameraman this year. What the hell's going on? <laughs> But no, apparently Actually, the ca- a guy, one of the cameramen fucked up earlier. Like there was some guy standing in. I think it was another cameraman standing in front of the commentary table as they were focusing on the commentary <laughs> yes. table, and he was like, "Oh shit." There uh, was a no. couple scrubs like that, and then later on, the guy screws up the pyro with Brock Lesnar's entrance. But no, <laughs> yeah, even Brock looked like the fuck. 
the match was better better than I expected. Like you guys said, we expected a shitter, and we got something at least better than average. Also, uh, we also got biker takers, so you know, that's cool, I guess. Him and his leather pants. But yeah, there's nothing I can really complain about. Unfortunately, I've even though I I, I remember remember it being a good match, I just remember anything happening with this match. So where Peyton was talking about with like Seth and Randy, you know, it was a it was a good match, but he doesn't remember anything with it. That's kind of what this match was with me. I don't recall anything too much with it. But now I'm glad Ticker came out on top. He looked good, and you know Barry Wyatt, he still fucking sucks. So good for him. Yeah, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. I was expecting this match to suck, and I thought it did kind of suck. I thought it was the worst match of the night. I think it was one of the weakest Undertaker matches of his streak. Um, and I don't blame Undertaker. I actually thought Undertaker himself looked really good, everything considered. He looked like he could still go, like, another four or five years. <coughs> oh, God damn it. Um The only thing that I really needed to see was the crab walk into the sit-up. They did that. Fantastic. I didn't need to see that at WrestleMania. I think it was a wasted spot for The Undertaker. Uh, Bray Wyatt is going to end up being one of the most useless opponents he's ever had. It's going to be like another giant Gonzalez or Jimmy Snuka. Nothing. Um, Entrances were okay. Undertaker's was like bland. Like nothing really special compared to his last number of years. Bray Wyatt's was awesome. That that under the the Terminator one that was the the second best entrance of the night. You could tell that some of the Scarecrow people were like far more into it than some of the other ones. Like there was the one guy to Wyatt's left who was really getting into it. You know he's kind of driving around like a fucking zombie and shit. And then the Deuce. other guy to the right, he's just kind of like, uh, I guess hey. I just walked to the ring. Hey, I'm a Scarecrow. Hey, look at this. Look at that. I'm dead. Uh, look, I'm like a Batman villain. <laughs> What'd you reckon? One of the scarecrows was CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton said it best on um, the Mega Maniacs to somebody. If you expected anything more out of this match or you was disappointed, I don't know why. I mean, this was the best case scenario. But yeah, I agree with Drew. Like, like he said, it was a good match. I can't remember. Fuck all that happened in it, though, but apart from the entrances and the finish. I think it's kind of sad that that's the best way to look at this. Is It's better than the shit fest that we were expecting it to be, but it still wasn't amazing. Yeah, I don't know why you guys are complimenting it. This was a fucking stupid match. And fucking, you know what? I hope we never see Bray Wyatt again. Oh, boy, well, you already this is got it. your wish. You already got your wish. You didn't appear on Monday or SmackDown. Good. So, uh, good, good. Yeah. Continue yeah, the trend. Her. Good. I don't like Bray anyways. Fuck that guy. Fucking right, but now we're angry agree. Yeah, yeah, fucking angry agree. I agree with your opinion. Thank yeah. you for stating that. Yeah, fuck Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And Lanny Poffo. <laughs> I actually like Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah, fuck actually, you too, I actually like Bray Wyatt too, so. Uh, I'm indifferent about Bray Wyatt. I think that he needs to be paired with good people. And he needs to change his game up a little bit. And I really don't know who else I would want to see him feud with. Like, I don't want to see him against Brian. I don't want to see him against Ziggler. I don't want to see him against Dean. I don't want to see him against fucking you Roman Reigns. Or... Oh, damn it. I was going to say, you know, that's what all the people want to see. They want to see Reigns and Bray Wyatt. That's going to tear the fucking house down, let me tell you right there. There is nobody on the roster right now that I want to see against Bray Wyatt. 
Bray's one of those guys where I think he has an awesome gimmick, and when he's given some direction, his promos are very on point. The biggest issue is he lacks in the ring. You can make up for that. You book him smarter, you book him in shorter matches, and you put him against guys that can carry him. Because that's the only way you get better is from wrestling guys that are better than you. There's only Uh, one person... I'll continue, my bad. No, it's cool, go. No, I was going to say, there was only one person I really want to see Bray Wyatt face, and that would just be if Sami Zayn was on the main roster. They could just repeat that Daniel Bryan storyline they did with him in 2013. That's like the really only person I want to see him go up against. You know what might be a kind of interesting feud, although they won't get around to it for a while, if ever? Bray Wyatt versus Stardust. They're weird. Too bad Stardust is heel. That's one of the problems behind it, but... You know, they're two odd characters. Like, Cody Rhodes is good in the ring. That might be interesting. Uh, It's it's not Cody Rhodes. Stardust, Tony. (laughs) Stop that! Stop that! It's like the... I don't know. I feel like Stardust should be doing more right now, but he's not. It's disappointing. I like Stardust. He's in a bad place than fucking Goldust. Yeah, Yeah. Goldust is in a better place than Fat Dust. I don't know. Fat Dust is Goldust, so... Fat Dust is in a better place than Black Rain ever was. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't even think uh, Black Rain's could ever even make it to a WrestleMania crowd, so... Forget about that. Maybe people would have been more receptive to Black Rain instead of Roman Reigns. Sad part is, Black Rain would have got more off of the Roman Reigns against Lesnar. Well, we do have that match to talk about, so that's going to be our last one in the next part. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, with a little caveat to that. Stay tuned. Woo-hoo. I hate caveat. So our main event for this episode, in our main event for WrestleMania, is the World Heavyweight Championship. Brock Lesnar defends the title against Roman Reigns, but neither walk out with the title, because what happens, Sean? Well, I don't know if you heard but Seth Rollins, the guy with the blonde streak who is green and would never amount to anything, is the WWE champion now. Who the fuck ever said he was green? I don't get that. That's, yeah, I've never said he's fucking green. Tyler, like, even when he was Tyler Black, I wouldn't have considered him green. No one here said that. You, you just what about when he was Tyler Green? You broke him. <laughs> Tyler, God damn it, Tony. Seth Rollins is still champ. So yeah, Seth Rollins is our new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He cashes in in the middle of a match, which has never been done before. On top of never being done with uh, cashing in WrestleMania, like in total, uh, that was a bit of a surprise. It was kind of something that you could see coming, but at the same time, were WWE going to pull the trigger or not? And I marked the fuck out. I think pretty much everybody did. Very cool to see. I think it's a good way to get around the issues that they had. And, you know, I'm all for Seth Rollins being the champion going forward. I think Roman Reigns got way too much shit from the universe. He could have been a decent champion. And he will be a decent champion. Uh, So, on top of this, let's talk about the match itself. Let's talk about the cash-in. And another thing that you guys can mention out there when you're going around the table here. When... If, I should say, Roman Reigns wins the title, when should that be? This I'll match start. was... Oh. Off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start as the guys talk. Yeah, I'll... You can go first, Drew. <laughs> Damn it, that was about to <laughs> Fine, I'll fucking go first. So okay, this match was awesome. <laughs> I actually this got... This match dis- was 
<laughs> I I was disappointed that Seth cashed in, not because that he ca- not because I didn't want to see him win the title. I was really into the match. I wanted to see them guys finish it. I didn't think this was going to be good. It started off as a fucking brawl to the point that Brock got split open in the opening seconds. And Brock just stiffed the fuck out of him all match. And every time that uh, Reigns hit back, he fucking hit him back just as hard. It was fun. And I wish the cameraman did a better job. He's doing a lot of fucking... You know what? Fuck Kevin Dunn. I'm blaming him. (laughs) They was doing this thing where Roman's laughing the entire match that... Even for all this pain and a beating, he's such a sick bastard that he can laugh at it. And they didn't show the shots enough. And he was clearly playing to the hard cam, too. So I'm like, the fuck? They missed uh, out on that shot of him stomping, uh, not stomping, punching the ground and then the fireworks going off. Uh-huh. Like they they lagged for a second on that. That was an awesome shot, though, what they did get. Yeah, they're like the panning going around, but the initial, like, when he drove, drove his fist into the mat looks stupid. And they went out of their way to show the blade, if that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, fucking really fun match. Happy with the cash-in. And everyone looks strong in this match. When Roman Reigns had his comeback, and he hit him with, like, the Superman punch three times, and he wouldn't go down, I thought that was sweet. And for a moment, I thought he'd actually take it. So, couldn't say anything more about this match, other than positive things. And... Brock Lesnar did a juice job, and there is pictures of the actual blade, so it's true, and WWE apparently is trying to cover it up, so fuck them. There's a few pictures of the blade. Hmm? There's a gif where it's clearly been passed for him to cut. These guys dressed up at Comic-Con. Do you see an actual blade being passed? Yes. You see a blade, like you actually see a physical blade in the guy's head, or you just see them passing it up. They put put a sign on it, and it said blade. Oh. Hmm. So, anyways, because my impression of it is, there's another point of view a bit later, where you see Roman Reigns using a blood pill in his mouth. So, just saying, maybe he was being past that, Mister yeah. Sleuth. Well, I'm no Cliff Clifton. <laughs> I will, I will say this is was a stiff as fuck match, like uh, Wago said. I really enjoyed it. And there are some points, some of the shots that they took, I think they've kept on playing a point when Reigns, like, like need Brock in the fucking head. Like, oh, my God, that was fucking brutal to watch. And just like what you said, it was just like, uh, essentially, it was just a repeat of the uh, scene uh, Lesnar match at SummerSlam in a lot of ways. Uh, just suplex, we got suplex city bitch, which is one of the good best things that came out of this match. And Lesnar came out strong in the end. He didn't get pinned, and he... Still looks strong on Monday, even though we're not going to see him for at least a couple months now. But hey, I I have no complaints about this match at all. I when it came to the cash in, it was random. The only I don't know if it's helped or hurt the cash in. They didn't really play the cash in as a possibility as much leading up to this, so it added to the to the surprise because not that many people were really expecting it. But at the same time, you you didn't think of it as like a possible thing storyline wise. That what didn't play a part of it that the possible cash in could happen. So I don't know if that helped or hurt the uh, cash in at all. We'll have to see in the future at least. But yeah, the match was good. I think Roman Reigns is going to be fine out of this at least. You know, he will be a champion someday. I don't know if it'll be this year. I think I had him as my one to watch last year, and he fucking wasn't champion. But 
I think it's possible that he could win the championship sometime down the line, maybe at Night of Champions. I think Seth is going to have that title for a little while. So it was a great match, and I enjoyed every second of it. John, I know that you're big on this. I am very big on this, but, you know. Super was made him big. I've lost my my train of thought. There was a part part of me that knew Seth Rollins was going to cash in because Michael Cole kept going on and on and on. Whoever's going to be the champion will be on blah, 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 that Monday show, whatever it's called, the Today Show in the morning. Whoever... It may be, and I was like, oh, it's going to be Seth Rollins. It's going to be a cash in at some point. So I was there, but I wasn't expecting it in the middle of the match. I was expecting it after the match, after where I thought Roman Reigns was going to win this match because he came out looking strong. And we did get to see that moment where Brock Lesnar counted a Superman punch into an F5, which was pretty badass. So that was good. And then when Seth Rollins did cash in, I, I jumped out on my chair, screamed like a little schoolgirl, and started screaming at my daddy. And then. Yeah, the curb stomp onto Roman Reigns is beautiful. So good. <laughs> so very good. So all in all, when it comes to WrestleMania, what are your final thoughts? What's your high point and your low point? Drew? High point in night is really tough to pick. I don't know if I want to go with my initial, my high point of just Seth Rollins winning the title or if I want to go with just my favorite match. But I'm, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins winning the title as my high point of the night. Fantasy team, thank you, Sean. And my low point, it'll just have to, it'll just have to be the divas because it, it, you know, actually no, not even the divas. I'm, I'm gonna because I didn't even skip that. I, I skipped the concert, so that will be my low point of the night. The one thing I didn't watch, I skipped. So that's gonna be my low point. Did you also ask for my overall views of Mania? Yeah, good, bad, or meh. It was good. It was a it was a great raw. And I know some people wait raw. Fuck me, Mania. I. God damn it. <laughs> Mania was a great episode of Raw. <laughs> but just when it came to Mania itself, people are, are already touting it as the greatest Mania of all the time or one of the greatest. To me, it's really hard to say something like that initially right after it happens because, like I said, the build-up to this was terrible and it turned out to be a lot better than people expected. So those low expectations of Mania, just everything was turned out to be so much better that people might just be touting it just because it was a lot better than what they expected. So when it comes to people saying it's the greatest Mania of all time, I'm not going to say that right away. I think it's possibly could be, but I'm going to wait and look at this back like five years from now before I could really say if this is going to be one of the best ones ever. So it was a great Mania, and I'm glad that it turned out to be a lot better than what it was initially planned to be. And this gives me hope that WWE also will make everything better at least the wrestlers actually give a shit when it comes to mania at least and this gives me hopes for next year's mania as well Payton, it was a very good show i gotta say i had a group of people over most of them are not wrestling fans and a lot of them 
said they actually enjoyed the show and they've been coming to my house for years at WrestleMania and they'll, you know, they'll kind of be into it, but they said more than any other year when they come to watch it, they really enjoyed this one. There was a lot of excitement. There were a, a lot of fun times in it, a few surprises. It was a fantastic show. I, I, as far as the best, it's, it's debatable. I mean, it's always subjective. Everyone has a different idea of what their favorite WrestleMania of all time is going to be. So I'm not going to tell anyone what they think the best is or not for me. I, I, I wouldn't say best, but I think it's an easy top fiver. It's it's it was a fantastic show. Uh, at the very least, it it broke the curse of the even odd WrestleManias being good yeah, and bad in the exactly. last number of years. Um, I don't think anyone could argue that. Um, shit, man, this has been two amazing WrestleManias two years in a row. Fucking damn good after how fucking horrendous twenty nine was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So this this also gives me a lot of hope that the coming ones, like as in like the next ten, are going to be really good. So mm. hopes are high for, essentially for now. WWE's the future looks really good, especially with NXT coming up eventually. So the high point for me is going to be Triple H's entrance, and the low point for me is going to be Bray Wyatt's offense in this match. Ugh. Sean? Uh, I say, for me, this is my favorite WrestleMania. Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. The reason it was an 8 out of 10 is the John Cena match, though, and the Ronda Rousey and the Rock thing was a bit too long-winded for me. Man, so wait, every other WrestleMania for you is below an 8 out of 10? Yeah. Wow. Jeez, you really must fucking hate Mania. <laughs> I'm, I'm very particular when it comes to my wrestling. I'm, I'm sorry. No. no you're, just, you're just mad that the other Manias didn't have Seth Rollins on it. That's probably why you don't like him. No, I, I, liked, I liked last year's main event. I thought last year's main event was pretty good. There wasn't enough Daniel Bryan for me in the main event. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, um, I enjoyed this WrestleMania. The low point was um, the Sting's entrance. I'm going to go with the low point with Sting's entrance. And the high point was um, Bray Wyatt's entrance. I thought that was really good. And Seth Rollins winning the championship, of course. Love that guy. Wago? Damn, Sean, you fucking sounded passionate about that. A little too passionate. Um, as far as... As far as my overall thoughts on WrestleMania goes, it was an awesome show. I always held WrestleMania 17 as my standard of the perfect WrestleMania, with 19 being a close second. And right now, keeping in mind that the hype's still there, WrestleMania 31 is the best for me. I'm going to probably look back in this in six or nine months and have a different view on it, but whilst it didn't have the hype... The wrestling quality on this show, I think it trumps um, any other overall card. Uh, high point goes to Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Not so much the cash-in, but the actual match, because that was just really fucking fun. And the fans were really into it. Suplex City, bitch. And my low point, I'm going to echo, Sh- um, echo Sean's words with Sting's entrance. With how much work they put into Triple H's, it was almost disrespectful how bad his was. And the fact that it had no context whatsoever. Fucking Japanese drummers out of sync with your shitty entrance music. <laughs> Terrible. I'm going to say a lot of the same things here. I thought that this was a great WrestleMania. Definitely contender for pay-per-view of the year. So, you know, stay tuned for that at the end of the year awards. Uh, low point is going to be Rusev and John Cena. 
just did not enjoy that match. High point, if it's not going to go to the Seth Rollins cash-in, it's got to be DX versus NWO, because that was just fucking sweet. Uh, very cool pay-per-view, though. Very much the opposite of what the build to this was, because that was a struggle. Thankfully, they did break that curse. And uh, if WrestleMania 32 can be just as good, if not better, then awesome. So... As always, leave your comments below for all the different matches that we went over. Tell us what you guys thought of this pay-per-view and everything that went down, and what do you think is going to end up happening for Extreme Rules and everything else going forward. We have one more thing to do for this episode. Stay tuned, everybody. Fantasy League. Welcome back, everybody. We are done all the WrestleMania review parts of this episode. So, normally, this is when we cover everything that we need to cover for the Fantasy League. We do some trades, we do some updates, we tell you what the current ranking is and all that, but not going to happen this time around. Peyton, tell us why. Well, we've come to the end of the second season of our Fantasy League. It's been a very fun journey. Hardly we've been doing this two whole years. It's time to see what the final scores were after WrestleMania. And remember, WrestleMania was big, big points where all match values were five times their normal amount. It really made a big difference. So <clears throat> these are the final amounts. And let's see who the winners are. All the way in fifth place, or excuse me, sixth place, last place, I should say. Sean Walker's team friendship, yes. 1,076 points. The way you made it sound, it's like, the person in this shitty place. <laughs> nope, I just want to confirm, in this shitty place. <laughs> you know, the last one? <laughs> I, considering this is my first year, right, I didn't do too bad considering my main guy was taken off me right at the beginning. Because of some bell end, but you know, it is what it is. Sean, you gave a prayer after that. You do win uh, the award of most team names. Fuck me, I do. You and were also... team homeless, team midnight slammers, team chocolate pain, team believers, team wankaholics, team L. <laughs> did you actually keep track of this? Yes, I did. Team L, team the new day, <laughs> team five times of doom, team Miguel's nipples, team fish. Team Caitlyn Snow, I'd bang her, and finally, Team Friendship. You also probably won the most transactions as well. Oh, I didn't keep track of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Peyton didn't even after a while. He doesn't have the hard drive space for that shit. <laughs> yeah. I only have a terabyte on this computer. I don't know if I can keep track of that shit. All right, well, in fifth place is Miguel Leon's Team Best for Business with 1,417 points. Yeah, I could have kept track of his trades because I think there was like four the entire year. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Miguel's guy that did not only four trades, he did very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was. It was actually looking like he might have been in the top three for a period there. Rusev, Jimmy Uso, and Jay Uso were on his team the entire year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in second place for a while. But they ended up costing him at WrestleMania. Otherwise, he would have been higher. They kind of boned him. Mm. Boned him hard. All right, in fourth place is Steven Wago's team, Miguel's eyebrows. With 1,472 points. Worth noting that uh, Mr. Wago's team, Stoner, got uh, the most points at WrestleMania. Or excuse me, Team Miguel's eyebrows. Team Stoner's old name. They did the best at WrestleMania, I should say. John Cena winning the U.S. title. Daniel Bryan winning the Intercontinental title. Paige winning her tag match. Getting 190 points in one night. That oh, made up yeah, that two. made up the 200 that I lost <laughs> from fucking those two getting fired. Yeah, well, it happens. All right, third place. What a journey it was. 
<laughs> for Tony Mangos, Tony's Tykes, coming all the way from a sizable behind in last place, with coming up to third with 1,551 points. Not too bad, considering I was in last place for like the majority of this whole fucking season. And just to clarify, once again, Sean was in the sixth place. <laughs> the last. The one Tony used to be, but now he's in something good. <laughs> uh, and now, of course, everyone's wondering what's going to be two and one. In second place is... The Drew Crew. Woo! Second place again. 1,659 points. Got really close to my tail there. I mean, there was a point where I was in the lead by a good four or 500 points. But uh, unfortunately, didn't quite make it there with this one. Had a very good WrestleMania, actually, with Seth Rollins getting that cash in. Uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro defending their tag team titles. So good, good evening for him. Uh, perhaps like- Sheamus had showed up and done something that would have been even better. I do want to mention one thing. I did win lead, and I was in first place for one week this year. That's more than everyone else, other than you, painted. So I will put that on my resume. So fuck the rest of you. It's kind of like Brian Kendrick, how he was like, oh, I was an interim WWE champion. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and yes, in first place, myself, my team, Next Gen, 1,788 points final score. Standouts for the the next gen of WWE, Sting and Brock Lesnar on that team. (laughs) Sting, Brock Lesnar, and Curtis Axel. Oh, man. So, fun fantasy league. You know, we had a lot of new rules this time around, and I think that, for the most part, they all made this better. Yeah, I think the the tweaks made this a lot more balanced. I mean, there there isn't as much of a spread between teams as there was before. It could be a little tighter, perhaps. We might make a few uh, few little tweaks here and there. We're gonna have a little bit of an off season as we uh, go through the months to extreme rules. We're gonna start the new season on extreme rules. Uh, so we got some time to just let things cool down. Maybe figure out what we want to do with the rules. If you have suggestions, send them our way. We'd like to hear any ideas you got because this is a completely homemade fantasy league. This isn't something where we went to. Uh, I don't know. What's the big website people go to? ESPN. Fantasy Dogs, whatever the fuck. ESPN, uh, well, would it be reality? Not reality Kings. That's a pornography website. Never mind. <laughs> well, whatever. This is completely homebrewed. We, we made these rules from scratch. We put everything together. Um, the first season was really bare bones. The second season, we really got things cooking. So third season is going to look even cooler. So if you got ideas, throw them our way. Uh, and one big bit of business we have to take care of between now and then is we have to make our teams. We're going to start completely from scratch with our teams. Uh, we're going to draft them one by one. Uh, we're going to make that a big event. We're going to do that one live on an episode of the Raw Post Show on Ooh. Mega Powers Radio. So make sure you're there for that one. I don't have the exact date offhand. I, I believe it's April uh, 13th. I don't know. Sometime around that time. I'm not very good with dates. So yeah, stay tuned for that one. Also, Whenever a lot of people have be. asked us in the past if they could join in and stuff like that. That's way too hard for us to keep track of and everything. But if you guys want to start your own fantasy league, you guys can always uh, pick that up around the same time that we do. So that way you can sort of uh, piggyback off of the way that we're doing things and keep track of things that way. Post it to the Mega Maniacs. Get back yeah, home. Mega Maniacs people. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would be interested in doing that. So if you're that type of guy that really likes to oversee that kind of stuff, that might be a thing for you to look into. 
And, Maybe um, you can let uh, Drew play with you and uh, take his fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> or Drew can stab you in the back and nick your best player. Because he's a cunt. Maybe. We'll see. So, um, obviously, Fantasy League is done with, but we still need to do our plugs for this episode. So, first up for the plugs, Sean, what you got? Uh, YouTube.com, search for Happy Pope Gaming Productions, all one word. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Sean, the C1989, where I will be streaming, hopefully, on Thursdays at a reasonable time. I will post it on my facebook page which is uh facebook.com forward slash happy pop gaming productions and yeah yeah that's it true jesus that's his plugs i can't wait for the fucking outro then <laughs> <laughs> anyways Thanks. follow follow me on twitter at drew savoy and you could go to my youtube which is mick freaking duncan not going to spell it out for you because fuck you that's why so, yeah, keep up the good work and check out everyone else's shit. There you go. All right, if you want to hear me rant about pro wrestling MMA and whatever, and everything else that's wrong with the world, check out Wago Rants. You can find Wago Rants on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on YouTube. Also, check out Addicted to Anime, which is a monthly podcast sometimes that's on Mega Powers Radio. <laughs> Go to facebook.com slash addicted anime fans. And for any projects that I'm doing, just go to stephenwago.com. Well, if you enjoyed the sensual sounds of my voice, you can tune in on Mondays following Raw to MegapowersRadio.com for the most attractive sounding (laughs) (laughs) available, where you get to hear my voice sensually talk to your ears about what happened that evening on Raw. Perhaps we might let you talk too, but your voice doesn't sound as good as mine, so try not to take up too much time. So yeah, again, Mondays, following yeah. Raw, megapowersradio.com. And also follow me on Twitter. You won't hear my voice there, but you'll get to see what I type, which is just as cool. At M-R-P-A-D-E-N. It's got I bet it's sensual too. No, I bet it's essential as well. So next week, we haven't quite decided what our special feature is going to be. If you have any suggestions for what the main event should be and what uh, type of segments you'd like to see coming up, then leave them in the comments below. And the week after that, we're going to be doing our mailbag and then whatever else we decide to do for the main event. So keep that maybe, in mind as well. Maybe someone will die and we just do superstar scores of them. Kind of like with Warrior last year. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't make the rules. I agree with that burp. Yeah. We'll see about that burp. We'll see. <laughs> so, any suggestions leave those comments below we will let you know uh, if we have any things that we can't decide between put a little poll on Mega Maniacs on Facebook if we need to get your help on that but either way stay tuned to smartoutmoment.com for more information about anything coming your way for the Smack Talk podcast and all the other Smart Out Moment things go to fanboysanonymous.com for all the geek culture things and stay tuned to Facebook and Twitter iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube for the All Talk Show. Might be doing another episode of that next week, or maybe even later on this week. I don't know. It's Easter, so that's kind of tough, but mm-hmm. fuck Easter, so we might just say screw our families and do one anyway. But um, <laughs> on uh, episode 176, <laughs> we are done for all the panelists. My name is Tony Mango. This is another smart out moment, and we're being counted <laughs> out. <laughs> Oh, Pollux, I fucked up the timing. Oh, my God. What could you do, Wago?
God damn it, you piece of shit. Seth paid his dues. Nude after nude. He was part of the shield. I bet he found porn in a field. He's made no mistakes. And he's no fool. No US Championship or IC belt for you. Do I need to go on and on and on and on? Rollins the champion, my friends. And he'll keep on running till the end. This is the outro. This is the outro. Reigns is a loser, cause Rollins the champion of the world. <laughs> I was right all along. The guys were all wrong. I thank you, you all for listening to me sing this shitty song. It's been a blast. Telling these guys we're wrong. Rollins, you're beautiful. And I consider it an honor to sing this song for you. Do I need to go on and on and on and on? Rollins, the champions, my friends. And he'll keep on running till the end. This is the outro. This is the outro. Reigns is a loser. Cause Rollins, the champions of the world. There we go. I'm done.